Right, yeah, so like if Joyce's son was freaking Troy, you'd be like, I don't want you to find this snot-nosed jerk. Lol. <laughs> you know, I hope he pees his pants into eternity. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our Stranger Things podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like reading anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the Hundred Script on Twitter. You can call me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And my favorite pudding flavor is butterscotch. And for the record, that's also my favorite, but we have to pick different ones, and she stole mine. Thank you. Who are you? My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And my favorite flavor, if it's not butterscotch, is definitely going to be vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's boring, but it's a classic. Yeah. And uh, we have a very special surprise for you guys, because it is the finale for season one podcast. We have two whole other people here to come hang out and give their awesome opinions what the so heck? we have sam Woo! yay and casey oh that's me <laughs> yay <laughs> sam please introduce yourself you've already been on this podcast before but just in case uh they didn't hear that one hey guys my name is samantha coley i'm a 26 year old marketing coordinator in sunny pre-apocalyptic washington dc I am a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at SamKCC, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. That is the first time I did not f*** that up. (laughs) And you forgot to do your fun fact. Oh, shit. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, and my favorite pudding flavor is, if I had to pick, I'm going to say, I like banana pudding because there are are cookies and bananas in the pudding because plain pudding is gross what kind of banana pudding are you eating yeah what the heck that sounds good you guys have not had is that a southern thing i have no idea what you are talking about (gasps) do you mean like banana pudding like the whole dessert that's kind of a pastry or it's not a pastry okay i don't know what banana pudding is it's gourmet pudding it's like cool i don't know what banana pudding is then oh my god I can't believe that's a southern. It's banana flavored pudding. No. It's not though, because it has cookies in it. No. I know, so it's gourmet pudding. <laughs> it's a dessert. So it's, okay, it's whatever. A dessert. And it's delicious, and I will cook it for you in the future. Quite. Oh, I look forward to it. Uh Casey, it is your turn. Well, guess who forgot to write out her bio? <laughs> it's you! <laughs> it's me. Uh hello. My name is Casey. I'm a 22-year-old uh writer. Um, who just uh, graduated with an English degree, which, why? Don't know. <laughs> uh, so I have no job. So if anyone knows any writing gigs, let me know, because the girl's desperate. What else? I'm from Rhode Island, and that's that's about it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Casey Wall. And my favorite pudding flavor... I don't know. I kind of just want to say tapioca to be like, <gasps> yeah. Quirky. I have never had tapioca pudding, but I love oh, it's good. tapioca in boba, so I'm down. Yeah. Would you guys like to know potentially embarrassing, considering, or speaking of embarrassing, <laughs> um, would you guys still, you know what, actually, I don't want to tell you tell anymore. I would, no, I actually do want to hear it. So when people told me that there was tapioca balls in 
Boba. Yeah. The first time I tried boba, I was like, sounds great. Because the only time I had ever heard the word tapioca was tapioca pudding. Yeah. So I thought that those tapioca balls were going to be filled with pudding. (laughs) And I cannot (laughs) tell you how disappointed I was. The first time I had bubble tea and there was no pudding inside of it. <laughs> and to this day, I don't like bubble tea. Because I thought I was going to like it and then I didn't. But like, I'm like, like, I'm torn between, oh my god, that's like embarrassing. And oh my god, that's so valid. Because like, if you're told tapioca, you kind of, like, I can see how your brain got there. Yeah, and I was disappointed. It's just not as good. I really feel like if it was filled with pudding, it'd be good. It just broke me a little. But, like, why would you want pudding in the middle of your tea? Little pudding balls at the bottom of your... Ugh. It's like iced tea, but it's... Yeah, I, like... No, so... That doesn't mix. I don't want it to be, like, congealed pudding, just to be oh. clear. Like, I want it, I just like... gagged at that word. Wait, so, like, it has, like, an outer shell, like the tapioca, but then when you crunch into it, it's actually pudding inside? Well, they right. do make okay. popping boba. Okay. See, and then I had heard of that, too, so I thought that that's what it was. Oh my god, so you've been disappointed by boba twice. Yeah. This is sad. So when you were like, let's get boba, I was like, okay. Do you remember when I yes. was at, I was at your house in Edmonton? Yes. I was like, okay. And I got two flavors because I thought I was going to like it. And then I only ate like half of the first one <laughs> I because like, I didn't like it. your boba? Because I thought it was going to be pudding. I, <laughs> so I also did not like my first boba experience. But that's because Brittany got me taro, which she enjoys, but I think is disgusting. So yeah. it tastes like cake. It tastes like gross. Is what it tastes like. It yeah, tastes but like we cake. We didn't sign up for cake. We signed up for milk tea. Okay, well here's the thing. I like cake, but I don't like taro. They also put pudding in bubble tea, so like you can have like literally tapioca pudding bubble tea. What? So you're telling me that what I had in my brain is real? Yeah, technically, it's just like the pudding is separate from the like it's. Like, there's just pudding in your... Oh. Yeah. That's not the same. No. This also is not relevant to the episode (laughs) at all. Yeah, I kind of forgot we were supposed to be doing that. I just wanted to talk about bubble tea. Okay, cool. Today we have words to say about episode 108 of Stranger Things, The Upside Down. And this episode will contain spoilers for the entirety of seasons one and two of Stranger Things, so you have been warned. The day that this comes out, it is one week away from season three, and we are so excited. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Are you guys excited for season three? So excited. Oh my god, July 4th is in a week? Well, when when this comes oh, out. Oh, buddy. Oh, from when this comes out. Okay, okay. I just saw my life flash okay. before my eyes. But still, it's only like, <laughs> oh what, two and a half weeks? That's so soon. That's two weeks. I just, I, well, I wanted to record this early so I had lots of time to edit it because it has three tracks. It's nice of them to give us time to celebrate Canada Day so then July 4th happens and we're like, who, what? Stranger Things. Independence Day. Yeah. More like Stranger Things Day. Yeah. yeah I mean, it is going to be me watching Independence Day and Stranger Things all day that day. But also, I love the movie Independence Day. I literally do that. Every, because I actually really like celebrating July 4th, and we always watch Independence Day on Independence Day. I also do that. Who's we? My mom and I. Oh, bad news. I'm watching it without you. We're watching Stranger Things. Two things can happen, Robin. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm spending nine hours watching Stranger Things. I don't know what time that you, what time you think you're going to have to watch Independence Day. I'm actually really excited that it's coming out now because this is actually relevant. Um, The last time that Stranger Things dropped, Sam and I were at oh, yes. Disney. Mm-hmm. And so we would spend a full day at Disney and then go home and sort of blearily watch Stranger Things. <laughs> but I got to the point where, like, we'd be walking around and I'd be like, do you want to go watch Stranger Things? Yeah. Go back to the hotel and watch Stranger Things. You told me that Sam always said no. Yeah, she wasn't super into that. 
And that's the reason why Brittany didn't like season two. So we rewatched season two. And can you tell me that season two, that you enjoyed season two more this time? I did, but I still don't think it's better than season one. I just learned this. I still disagree. I think season two was incredible. What? That you didn't like season two because I wouldn't go back. What? No. Oh my God. No, 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 no. I just didn't like season two in general. No, she didn't like season two because she didn't pay enough attention to it because you guys were also at Disneyland at the same time, so it was confusing. And it's not that I didn't like season two, it's just I didn't enjoy it as much as I did season one. I think because I had a completely, like, different experience watching it. Yeah, because I was more focused on, like, having fun at Disney. Yeah, same. Yeah. So that was that ruined season two for you, and that's I, like crime because season two is fantastic. But we also got yeah. to go trick or treating in drag queen shirts. So I yeah. think that season two overall, I like it more. But the mm-hmm. Nancy Jonathan story, I could have done completely without. Right. And they were way more interesting in season one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yep, yep, hate yep. it. That's that. I definitely agree. But I think that a lot of the other stuff um, outweighs. I agree. That one garbage storyline. Other than the lost sister, which every time I rewatch, I just skip. That's so weird. I think it's a great one. Because I don't yeah, like it. you hate that episode, and I really don't mind it. I don't like it. I think it's great. I love little departure episodes like that, where you're just thrown into an entirely new part of this world that you've been in for a while. See, I think that that makes that that also speaks towards like your experience of watching it. Because if you're just watching it, then it's like more enjoyable to watch. But I was watching Stranger Things season two in one day. And literally the episode before that one ends with, oh my God, Will has betrayed them all. All the people die. And it ends with a demodog, like, like getting out of the hole right in front of Hopper. Oh, okay. And then they give me this episode that's like a full (laughs) hour of garbage I don't care about. I'm sitting here watching, watching this all in one day. I don't need this whole hour. Put it away. I want the rest of it. I don't Put care. it away. I don't care. I don't care. I really you know? liked it because so. it took place in Chicago and that's my favorite city. That's so cute. That's that's my only reason. And also I really like the actress who played that sister, the sister, whatever mm-hmm. her name is. Callie. Callie. I know because that's also my sister's name. I was like, wait, is her name really <laughs> Callie? Yeah, it's spelled differently though. Oh my God. That... The fact that it takes place in Chicago is helpful for our headcanon that Hopper, that's the big city that Hopper is You have no idea Mm -hmm. how much I want that to be, like, true. Ugh, just Hopper in Chicago. Uh, I think think Mm. it is. Yes. I thought maybe it was New York, but Chicago feels more in line with who Mm. Hopper is. He's such a Chicago boy. He has a Chicago feel to him. Yeah. So before we get started, um, I just wanted to say that this is just a fun fact about the episode. This episode won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Sound Editing for a series. Love that. That's cool. So that is cool. It deserves it too. The sound of the Upside Down is terrifying. Fully. Um, So now we're going to get started and we're going to talk about the teens storyline first. Oh my god, I want to eat banana pudding. I just tagged you. I want to know what banana pudding is. Sam, Sam just tweeted us about it. I thought we were supposed to be podcasting. Sorry. Sorry. I can multitask. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, Sam and I often do more than one thing because we have ADD. Oh my god. Look at that. It has real bananas in it. Yeah, it looks good. I want that. I'm hungry. Anyway. Okay. Okay, I'm going to summarize the teen storyline. You should do that. Nancy and Jonathan get to the buyer's residence and start setting up all that crazy stuff they bought. They have a great plan on how to trap the monster and set it on fire. They know it's attracted to blood, so they cut both of their hands. Once they're all bandaged up and have had a sufficient amount of weird hand-holding, Steve shows up. (laughs) He wants to apologize to Jonathan because he's good guy Steve! He's surprised when Nancy opens the door and barges in because he thinks that Jonathan is hurting Nancy. They both try to get him to leave, and Steve's life is turning 
upside down. <laughs> the monster shows up, but leaves just as quickly. Steve goes, but seeing that they are going to be in trouble again, he heads back inside. They execute their plan and set the monster on fire, but it disappears. <laughs> I have several questions. You know, it says a lot that even in your summary, you hated Jonathan there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, it's really interesting because, okay, so if somebody who's listening doesn't know what Time Hop is, Time Hop is this app in which um, you uh, put in all of your social medias, like your Facebook and your Instagram and your Twitter and everything. And then every day it will give you like what you were doing like a year, two years, three years back from like the day that you're on. And recently there was this like Snapchat poll that was like after season one of Stranger Things. And it was like, who would you rather date, Jonathan or Steve? And I had been like, Jonathan, obviously. No. Yes, because it was just after season one. And, I, and Steve was still, like, a jerk or whatever. And so I was, like, I looked at it and I was, like, Who I are you? I disagree so, 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 so strongly. <laughs> this is just the wrong opinion, me from two or three years ago. No, ma'am. It's okay. We love character development. We all, we all had to go through that uncomfortable learning period where we realized that Jonathan is garbage. Yeah, and, yeah. And Steve is the only, like, yes. teen on this show that mm-hmm. has, like, half a brain. Yes. Well, it's like, it's not that Jonathan's garbage, it's just that... I was about to say, where are you going with this? <laughs> it's it's that Jonathan's kind of garbage. <laughs> yeah. You know? I was trying to... I can't, I, I'm trying to remember, what reasons do we have to think that Jonathan's garbage, though? He spies on... Right, like, I mean, we know that Jonathan isn't, like, maliciously garbage like Billy. No. Is, no. Least, you know? He's just, like, he makes me uncomfortable. He's a creep, and it's like, they, like, narratively describe him as like this creepy loner kid and then like that's who he became like is a creepy loner kid without like much depth i don't know it's like if he was like it leans too hard into the nice guy trope yeah and that's like oh he should get rewarded just because he's nice and it's like Mm. no no he shouldn't and no he fully should not and like it just leans into that and he he doesn't like do anything to like not be the creepy loner guy like we get to know yeah. him more but like he doesn't ever evolve past that yeah um i would say honestly like in season 2 even though he's a lot less likable in season 2 he does less bad things you know like yeah. like his storyline is not as interesting his like stuff with nancy is like annoying and kind of boring um so that's why we don't like him but like in general what does he do in season two he is uh he respects that nancy is in a relationship with steve he doesn't want to go to a party he lets will go trick-or-treating by himself he goes to the he ends up going to the party um he helps nancy because steve has ditched her because she broke up with him and so he helps nancy get back to her house and then like he continues to help nancy with this thing that she is struggling like, with right that's really all he's yeah, doing in yeah. season two but in season one it's like the whole Whole, like I'm taking pictures of you yeah. while you're <laughs> taking your oh, shirt off and stuff. I hated that. Yeah. And it's like, but really, there's not. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Sam. It's just like if he, like, you're right. In season two, he doesn't really do anything that is like offensive or at all. He mm-hmm. just his storyline is just boring, and he suffers from that. But yeah, it's because he started out in such a kind of creepy way, and then what we the new stuff we do learn about him doesn't like it it doesn't feel like character development it's just like this is the same guy who 
took pictures of a girl without her consent, and I, I don't know. Right. It's just like, and then at the end, she gives him a camera so that he can keep doing creepy stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, keep it going, Jonathan. Have a great day. With Jonathan, it's like, yeah. it's like I just, I, I wouldn't want to be your friend. With Billy, I would punch him in the face. So, like, that's the difference. Right. Oh, no. Like, I'm not gonna hang out. Billy, I would fully drop kick off a building. Yeah. But Jonathan, I'm just gonna avoid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, so the so the question of, like, do you ship Jancy or do you ship Stancy? I would say I don't really ship either of them. Same. Because Nancy and Jonathan, I'm like, meh, but also, like, clearly Nancy is not right for Steve and Steve deserves better. Like, I feel like... After season one, I would have happily shipped Steve and Nancy and, like, continued Mm -hmm. shipping Steve and Nancy. But then season two, Nancy, like, granted she was- Just treats him like crap. Granted she was going through some dark stuff, but, like, she treated him very badly. And then, like, she suffered from the same thing that Jonathan did by being in that crappy storyline. So Mm -hmm. I just became way less interested in both of those characters. Mm -hmm. I think because they're- And, like, it's fine if those are your favorite characters. Like, we're not trying to rag on them. Because it's like, at the end of the day, Jonathan is actually, like, a pretty good dude. Mm-hmm. And Nancy's, actually, Nancy was kind of an ass in season two, so I don't have a lot of love for her. But. I mean, she's, like, really smart. I can see why people would love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really smart. She's, re- she's like, terrifyingly capable. She's kind of a badass. Overall, I do like Nancy a lot. Exactly. It's just that, together, they're a nightmare couple. Yeah. But once again, if uh, if you are, if Nancy and Jonathan are like your favorite thing in the world, we would love to hear from you. Go ahead and send us an email at aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. Because yeah, because maybe we're just being asses. <laughs> yeah, maybe we're missing something. We would love to hear your thoughts on this if, if you're all about Steve or Nancy and Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> when Robin's trying to say Nancy and Jonathan, but she, her brain is all about <laughs> Steve still. <laughs> That's what we call a whole brand. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think the reason why I like Jonathan in season one is because he was, like, the brooding anti-hero, and then Steve became the brooding anti-hero, you know? And then Jonathan just became, like, annoying. (laughs) Well, this is the interesting thing that has happened on the internet recently, where you'd rather go for the dumb jock who's always trying to be better than the nice guy who pretends to be a feminist but thinks he's owed something. And I think that's... I mean, that's obviously an oversimplification of who those two are. But with Steve, you think, okay, that guy has places to grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But with Jonathan, it's like, where are you going to grow to where you don't constantly paint yourself as a victim? Because they have the same amount of traumas. Like, Jonathan has his neglectful dad. Steve has two neglectful parents. Yes. So, like, there's definitely different, like, I mean, of course, there's wealth disparities, and that contributes a lot to that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, I think Steve shows a lot of potential for growth, and Jonathan, I just don't trust. Yeah, that feels right. And that's that on that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I enjoyed that conversation. I Mm -hmm. thought it was good. Um, Let's go into the uh, plot. Cool. Um, my first note was just that it, it, it must be weird to, like, fully just, like, destroy your house like that. Oh, my God. Ugh. I have <laughs> so many issues. How did that house not fully burn down? Right. I'm just... Ooh, good point. Like... It was a really big fire. The hallway literally went up in flames. He's like, let me light the entire hallway on fire. And then he's just like, oh, I can put it out. <laughs> I'm a professional fireman now. And I'm like, sir, you are a teenager with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> And th- from the 80s <laughs> your teenager <laughs> with a fire extinguisher and like he covered that hallway in gasoline like um that's that's an accelerant that that's gonna the whole house yeah, yeah. should have gone up in flames yeah look 
I don't know how science mm. works, but I know that that's what happened there wasn't possible. The Mm-mm. fact that Joyce Byers' house right. has survived two whole seasons of being like the walls being smashed through, like <laughs> sledgehammered, things lit on fire, like that's that's the miracle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like yeah, Will's alive, but so is their house. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe it's a portal to hell, but also I mean it's still standing. So it's, it's a portal to hell. <laughs> yeah. Like low key, high key though. One of the things that we wanted to point out because like Steve's bat that's just filled with nails is so iconic to him, especially in season two. Um, but like, yeah, I, I wrote that note too. Jonathan made that. Yeah. Yeah. I never like realized that. I was like, <laughs> until I was rewatching yeah. this. So that was interesting. Like the whole like setup is just Jonathan beating nails into that bat and Nancy doing other stuff. And then, but like you constantly associate that nail bat with just Steve. Yes. Cause he keeps it, he keeps it in his, he keeps it in his trunk for like a full year. (laughs) Like how did he get, how does he get away with that? Like at no point did he ever get pulled over like as a reckless teenager and like a cop go, What's that? <laughs> I guess considering we know who the cops are in Hawkins, that checks out. True. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was about to say, also, it's the 80s, so you could just carry weapons around. Yeah, yeah. I am the weapon. He, like, Steve just wields it so Thank well you. when he gets a hold of it. So, like, just, Oh my god. <laughs> it's true. Like, Don't get me started. Nancy and Jonathan are both, like, struggling with their plan after Steve has, like, left the original time or whatever, and he comes back in and he swings that bat out of nowhere and then he's like twirling it around beating the shit out of this monster and it's just like all right you've earned your place here that's my favorite yeah exactly you can stay and then and he uses it again against um, against demo dogs uh in season two too and does that little twirly thing which i guess he's been practicing (laughs) um it's interesting that like them cutting their hands is like a bonding moment for them like we had just recently rewatched season two and like when they like get that hotel room together and they like look at each other's hands and like talk about it and it's like something that they like shared or whatever i like forgot that that happened (laughs) yeah i didn't like that like when i was watching this i was like why did they both need to cut their hands right that wasn't that was a little dramatic that's what i thought i was like only one of you needs to do this yeah (laughs) y'all doing a blood oath what's going on here yeah well they they need multiple uh blood sources in case one of them isn't appealing to the demogorgon Mm. Gotcha. That's true. Barb was just like real potent. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Depends on your blood type. The Demogorgon's like, oh, you're an AB positive? (laughs) Yeah. Ew. I only accept O. Should I know my blood type? Because I don't. Yes, Casey. I don't know mine. I don't know mine. Oh my god! I don't, I have no way, I have no reason to know. Like, I've never, I mean, I've gotten blood work done, but they never told me. Oh, you know what? I I need to get blood work done. Oh my gosh. That's a great reminder. I should ask. <laughs> I'll ask the phlebotomist. I frequently give blood, but like- You're a better person than I. Wait, how do you do that if you get tattoos? No, see, that's- this is the story. So I gave blood uh, sometime like- Oh, my bad. Late last year, shortly before I got this tattoo. And like ever since the NIH will email me every now and then when there's like a blood shortage or they need my specific blood type and they're like, hey- uh, if you want to come schedule a donation, blah, 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 blah. And I emailed them back this time and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I am, I got a tattoo in January, so I don't think I can give blood for a while. And he just, all he emailed me back was, oh no, you can't give blood till 2020. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I'm aware. Oh my God. What? Thanks. Goodbye. (sighs) Um, 
I was told it was six months, and then I was talking to someone, and they said it was only three months. I think in Canada, it is only six months, but in America, oh. it is. Or at least for the NIH. It might be six months for, like, the Red Cross. Oh. I'd have to look it up, but... For NIH, it has to be a year. Do they still not let gay men give blood? I think it depends. I was literally just thinking about that because I watched Will and Grace episode about that. Oh, but yeah, it was... I mean, I remember that being a huge thing after um, after the Pulse, Pulse shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Nancy and Jonathan are basically like full on holding hands at this point. Why is Nancy lying to herself by dating Steve in season two if she clearly has feelings for Jonathan? Because she's... What a great question. Because being a teenager is, like, really hard, you guys. And sometimes you don't know. I mean, I guess that's true. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was hard, but I also knew what I wanted. Steve is definitely the safer choice to go with, but how? What do you mean, how? How is he the safer choice? Because Jonathan is, like, some weirdo, and Steve is, like, a popular jock who's gonna, like, protect her. But she doesn't need protecting. She can shoot a gun better than Jonathan can. I know, but... I do think it's a little weird that they're, like siblings have been hanging out since they were like born or whatever yeah or like well wait, first grade i think it is wait yeah but still that's like several years mike tells the story yeah that they've been like yes their siblings have been going to each other's houses like you sort of get to know the siblings of your siblings friends ew that's yes. so weird yes. i just thought about that like like i feel like she would know jonathan more than it seems like she does does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does make sense, and I definitely think that's true. Like, it reminds me of the begin, like, closer to the beginning of this season when, like, Jonathan was putting up posters, like, looking for Will, and it was, like, the first time we ever saw, like, her with, like, Barb and stuff, so I think it was, like, maybe 101. It was. And they were, like, Tommy H. and Carol were there, so they were, like, making fun of Jonathan and saying that Jonathan, like, killed Will or whatever, and Steve was, like, shut up. And then Nancy chose to, like, go over there and, like, tell Jonathan that she was, like, sorry that happened and everything and i think that's part of it is because she's so familiar with him because of that yeah so it's like they they like they were probably acquaintances yep yeah but so like steve shows up and it's interesting because you think that like like when i see that my first thought is that like steve came to apologize to nancy again but really why should nancy be there he came specifically to to apologize to jonathan yeah wholesome He's a good guy. And then he, like, saw- That is, like, really soft. But then why would he also assume that Jonathan had done something to Nancy because she's there? Like, why did because, he- Because she has- Well, because she is hurt. A bandage on her hand with blood in her on there. Yeah, I know, but then he was just, like, instead of assuming anything else, he thinks that Jonathan hurt her? Well, Jonathan just beat the shit out of him, so- Oh, yeah, okay, good point. So, like, I was yeah. trying to what, figure out, like, where his source of violence would be, but yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, Jonathan just beat him up, so. Yeah, I definitely think so. And it's the 80s. <laughs> the explanation for everything, and it's the 80s. <laughs> so many things, it's just, it's the 80s. <laughs> the oddness of Jonathan beating anyone up. Yeah. <laughs> but I love Steve, he's so incredulous, like, the entire time, he's just like, what? What? <laughs> what? And then she, like, when Steve comes through the door, oh my god, that- is so funny. Oh my gosh, and Nancy pulls a gun on him and he's like, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, what? 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 This is crazy. This is crazy. That this was... is crazy. This is crazy. Oh my oh, god. The most authentic reaction. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would just like to say that I love Joe Keery and everyone already knows this about me, but I do. Thanks. Wow. He just does such a good job. That is brand new information. 
That he is does, he information. does a good job. <laughs> no, he definitely does. Yeah. So they're like running away from the demogorgon and they like jump over because like they specifically said that like you have to make sure that you jump over the trap that's in the hallway or else, you oh, know. Speaking of that, small note. Yes. Does anyone actually use bear traps to trap bears? Because as far as I'm concerned, on this show and the hundred <laughs> and probably a million other shows, and Lost. it's only used to trap and Riverdale. Happens on Lost too. Humans and non bears. And what? And Riverdale. I was just gonna say, wait, didn't Archie fall in a little like, bear didn't... trap that was meant for a bear? Yeah. It was meant for a bear, but <laughs> but it got an Archie. And then he fought a bear. Yeah, that's uh, stupid. But like, good point, Casey. But it looks like there isn't actually I mean, I saw this on IMDB, but I don't think there's actually a trap there. Wait, like what? I don't think they put it in there. Like the CGI. Oh, or like whatever? the actual like prop is not there? Yeah, it's not there. They're just jumping over nothing. I think. <laughs> well, sometimes you just feel like skipping, you know? Yeah, that's fair. But, like, it's in other scenes. Why would it not be in... Oh, now I'm gonna have to go look at that. I don't know. Like, somebody thinks that it was, like, the CGI that they just didn't put in there or something. It's like, why does it have to be a CGI? Is it because they don't can't find dummy bear traps? Like, I just don't know. Um, dummy bear traps. But, okay, so Steve leaves because they're like, um, Steve, can you go? We're literally fighting a monster. And he's like, you know what? Point taken. I don't want to be here. Yeah. So he goes, but he comes back. Why, why does, I think I know the answer already, but why does Steve come back? Because he cares. And also, like. Because he's good guy Steve. Like, he's gonna go, but then he, like, sees more stuff happening, and he's like, it's, like, it would be, it would be cowardly if he left, I think. Yeah, Yeah, and I think once he realizes that it's actually a real danger and not just them being friggin' weirdos. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay, I actually do need to be here. Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, Robin, but I feel like Steve is a Gryffindor, and so he's gonna, like. Sure. He's I would gonna, say like, so. Run straight at a problem if he thinks he can fix it. I absolutely believe so he's true. a Gryffindor, and he would have a Hufflepuff secondary I support for that, sure. Yes. yes, agreed, one hundred percent. Especially with all of the like, he's very nurturing in season two. Like literally, he's like, "Yeah, I have <laughs> Dustin," and then he's like, "Okay, can Lucas and Max also be here?" And he's like, "Yes, I'll mm-hmm. protect you with my life." Literally in the in the new promo that they put out, that was like basically a giant ad for Coca Cola, which right. I wasn't even mad about. Like we were watching it and. Steve goes to the theater and he says, I'm meeting a friend. And the girl's like, oh yeah, a friend. And Robin blurts out, it's Dustin. (laughs) And like, he goes in and she's going, it's Dustin, it's Dustin. And I'm like, oh no, it's not going to be Dustin. There's a girl right there. And she's like, no, it's Dustin. He sits down, it's Dustin. Like, that's a caretaker, man. Like, he's just hanging out with this dumb kid now. Yeah. They're best friends. I mean, Robin, who's my (laughs) new favorite character. (laughs) Oh wow, I wonder why. Like, literally in the trailer, it's like, how many children are you friends with? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, like four at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe five. But I definitely don't think that they could have um, defeated the Demogorgon without him. No. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Like, he really, he really stepped up. He would, they would have both been dead if he hadn't, like, turned up with that bat and just knocked it out. And then they all Mm -hmm. teamworked it together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they they needed, it was really the power of three. Oh my Mm -hmm. god, because no one does it alone. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly! <laughs> Guys, I just finished Lost, okay? It's fresh on the mind. <laughs> no, but that's also what um, uh, Joyce said to Jonathan, was yes, you can't do things episode. by yourself. Oh my god, you're right. I'm really emotional right now. That's what I thought you were quoting, and then it turned out to be Lost, and I was like, oh, now there's two Robins. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she's done to me. That's true. Um, would you say that that was a good decision you made, Casey? Watching Lost? Yeah. I mean, you kind of forced me into it because I was sitting on your couch, but yeah, it's the best thing I've ever been coerced into doing. Uh, so listen up, listeners. Watch Lost. Thanks. Oh my god, please watch Lost. 
My next note is fully just, yuck, it gets in his mouth. Uh, yeah, oh my god. It's you like, said that out loud, too. I was watching it yesterday, and I could, I did not remember it being that gross. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember, it, it kind of reminds me of that point in, when, in like, Philosopher's Stone when Fluffy, like, full-on drools on Ron, and it's oh, like, yeah. ew, but worse because it gets in his mouth. I feel like it's also <coughs> a reference to Alien. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know that iconic shot of it, like, getting right in Sigourney Weaver's face. Like, it's very that. Yeah. Yep. No, because I haven't seen yeah. Alien. It's very that. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, do you like scary movies? Um, no, I do not. You yeah. probably won't like Alien, though. I love that. Okay. I'm still gonna send you the screenshot. Okay. Oh, it's scary, though, so. Oh, wait, is it gonna be yucky of the thing in her face? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a little. I don't want that. I don't want that. Uh. They used to have, like, this portion of the great movie ride that was... <gasps> no, I remember... I. I saw it on the great movie ride yeah. in Disney. I just uh, had not seen the movie. And I was like, huh, alien. Yeah, that's very much like, I think that's like part of the same scene, but they just closed the great movie ride. Oh, Yo, that's so sad. That that's is sad. depressing. Except it was a little scary. The great well, movie ride? Yeah, it was too loud. Okay, no, I'll, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. That's how I feel Yuck. about, this is going to sound so dumb. This is how I feel about Journey into Imagination with Figment. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that okay, ride. Like, little bit annoying it scares me it's not even that he's well yeah he is freaking annoying but like there's so many like like bangs and like pops and like special effects in that ride that i was not expecting because i expected it to just be like a nice people mover ride (laughs) no no it was like that you may as well just called it flubber the ride then my expectations would have been appropriate (laughs) did you know that the people mover is my favorite ride in disney as long as no one bad mouths it's a small world what is your favorite ride the people mover. <gasps> yeah, because it's like free air conditioning and you can just sit, but you're still on a ride. It's so great. And I also memorized like the, like all the words that happen. Oh my, oh my God. God. <laughs> I literally. You memorized the narration of the people mover? <laughs> when I went to Disney in middle school, I literally went on that ride like nine times and I memorized it. And also I was just watching a home video of my family in Disney when I was like, um, I don't know, I had to be like two. And I was on the people mover. And I was like, oh, it's been my place since I was a little tot. Like, it always That's just draws so me back. a little tot. When, when are the Stranger Things kids going to get to go to Disney World? <gasps> I have, I have, I, I wanted to bring this up, actually. I, okay, so I feel like a lot of us have met Stranger Things cast. Yeah, a lot of us, you mean mm, half? Say, oh. Yeah, I, I haven't. Know. Wait, who's the other person who has? Me! Wait, who did you meet? I've met Gaten Matarazzo and Caleb McLaughlin. Give us your list, Casey. <laughs> no offense, but I have you beat. Okay, I... No, I know you do. I want to hear about it. I have to look at my picture. Okay, so... What was it? Three years ago... No, two years ago. Two years ago, I met Gaten and Caleb and Sadie. Um, The year before, mm-hmm. I was supposed to be... I was supposed to meet Millie, but um, she like sold out before I could get a photo up with her. So bummer. Oh, actually, I've met Gaten twice because I met him at a different con before that one. Okay, and then this year, well, I okay, I guess it was 2018. I met David Harbor and Noah Schnapp. Nice. <gasps> Schnapp, 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 Schnapp. Of of the whole cast, I do like. I obviously I love Winona Ryder, but I know that I will never get to meet Winona Ryder. I want to meet David Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> He smells so good. <laughs> uh, I was not expecting that. Uh, he, mm. uh, I thought you were gonna say he's so nice, and I was like, no, he's yeah, smells that too. Good. But, mm, mm, he, <laughs> he is 
such a dill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Oh my god. And I actually, like, so I only, like, like, I mean, to say I met them is a bit of an overstatement. Like, I got a two-second snapshot with them all. But I actually got to, like, go back and redo my photo because my glasses had a glare in the first photo. Um, So I got to, like, snuggle up to David. <laughs> it was really great. I love this for you, but I also hate you a little. I hope you understand. Ugh, that's yeah. so fair. David Harbour was supposed to go to Calgary Expo this year. Like, my sister was so excited because they were, they were going to see David Harbour, Rain Wilson, and somebody else... And then I wanted them to go see Ian Summerholder because he was on Lost and I wanted him to sign my like little Lost thing. But I couldn't go because I was going to see Ariana Grande. So I couldn't go. <laughs> Your life is so hard. Oh no. I know. So Rain Wilson backed out. Then David Harbour backed out. And so they thought they were only going just to get an autograph for me. And then who backed out? Ian Summerholder. So they just bought tickets and didn't go because none of the people who they wanted to see. I really hate wanted. that that's the risk with cons. Yeah. Like, I understand, of course, yeah. but it's like, ugh. Yeah. Luckily, Calgary Expo and Edmonton Expo aren't, just, aren't very expensive. Yeah. So. If anyone's in the New England area, David Harbour's gonna be at Boston Fan Expo at the end of August. Well, is he? Do you have that memorized? <laughs> Yeah, because I was supposed to see him, but then I found out I'm going to Dragon Con instead, which is the same weekend. Oh, and that's so much better. (laughs) But full offense, David, I'd rather be at Dragon Con. Sorry. Yeah, but like Dragon Con is legit, so. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're valid. Thank you. Yeah, I excited. Dragon Con's legit because like, despite how big cons have gotten, you can still just go and hang out with Cass and get drunk with them. And it's totally (laughs) like, that's how it'd be at Dragon Con. I love that. So the Demogorgon is in the hallway, he's caught on fire and everything, and he just, like, what, zips back into the upside down, I guess? He just disappears, right? Oh, yeah, he must. Because I guess there's no fire in the upside down <laughs> version of <laughs> their house. Life hack! But, like, there is still, like, some, like, singed, sass, like, sass, slash, like, bubbling skin or whatever stuck on the bear trap so melted demogorgon flesh yeah so i'm like what happened there probably not the same as crispy chicken (laughs) probably not benny yeah hey do you guys want some fun facts unless you guys have any more thoughts on that storyline ding ding Uh, oh no it's not the lost podcast i don't think so that was not a lot happened there except for like um oh wait i did i did write a note that i thought it was interesting that Jonathan and Joyce could sense each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I put that yeah, I put that in yeah. the in the adult storyline, but I do think that's very very cool. Oh, okay, we can come back to it then. Okay. It's so wholesome. Um do you guys want to hear some fun facts? Yeah. Of course. Yep. So, well wait, are they really fun? I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. So here's the thing is this is one of my favorite parts of the Stranger Things podcast. It's when I go into the IMDb um, goofs and trivia part of the episode. And there are people who will go in there and just do the smallest, most Ugh. nitpicky, most ridiculous thing. It's so annoying. I think it's hilarious. I like okay. to laugh at them. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I love these and that's why I like to bring them up because I think they're so funny. So, uh, and then just, like, a few actual, like, trivia pieces as well from there. So, on the Stranger Things wiki, it said, Being the final episode of the season, the Duffers experienced an added pressure when writing and panicked because they knew it would push the limits of the crew on the show with 
with production consisting of long days and nights with little sleep and a large amount of stress. The Duffer brothers credit the credited the enthusiasm of everyone on the show for making the impossible possible and later stated this was by far the most challenging episode to pull off. No other episode even comes close. Wow. Interesting. So dope. Way to go, cast and crew. I mean, like, I feel like with any show, when you get to that home stretch, everyone just yeah. kind of wants to, <laughs> like, scream. Yeah. Uh, okay, are you ready for some nitpicky garbage? Yes. Yeah. Yes. In the Upside Down, the form of CPR used by Chief Hopper is actually the latest method of CPR. 30 compressions, two breaths, introduced in the 2010s. Whoa. The way CPR was performed in 1983 was five compressions, one breath. Oh my goodness. That's So what were they thinking? Why why would you point this out? I don't know. Oh my god. That like whoever sat down and wrote this was like CPR is my specialty and I need to correct this and I'm like that helps no one. Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like CPR scenes really literally only bother people who are like yes. paramedics or yes. certified in CPR. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And even then, if you're like, if you're not one of those people who is like this, you'd be like, oh, that's a newer style of CPR. And then you wouldn't go on the internet and point it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it starts in chapter seven when Dustin calls Mr. Clark and Mr. Clark says it's 10 o'clock on a Saturday. Now, a lot of things happen until almost the end where Eleven tears up the alien in the classroom in chapter eight. But the clock above the head of the alien displays 10.03 p.m. So they managed to make the bath, run the L session, and Hopper and Mrs. Byers went to the upside down in only about three minutes. Okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah, Wait. <laughs> that one's funny. <laughs> That's, that's kind of funny. I like that. So Clark is like, it's 10 o'clock. And then when they get to the very end, it says 10.03 on the clock. Oh my god. So, oops. Maybe it's 10.03 the next day. Uh, sure is not. It, I tried. 10.03 okay. a.m.? <laughs> oh, Maybe. Oh! It, I think it's still dark outside, but could be. Eclipse. Eclipse. <laughs> the yellow bio suits that are used by both Nan- Nancy and Hopper... Who wrote this? First of all, that's Joyce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yellow biosuits that are used by both Joyce and Hopper and previously by a military personnel clearly have LED lights in the helmet used to illuminate their face. Clearly. LED lights with that color and brightness were not available in the 1980s. Oh my god. <laughs> First of all, if you can't even get the character name right, what are you doing nitpicking LED suits? When Joyce and Hopper are in the Upside Down, they're wearing protective suits with lights inside the face mask illuminating their faces. These lights are clearly devices for visual and dramatic purposes only so that the actors' faces can be seen, as they would significantly impede a user's vision if used in real life, especially in a poorly lit location like the Upside Down. That one's actually kind of fair, I yeah. think. Yeah, that one, yeah, yeah, that's fair. But we've seen that them do that a lot, like in The 100 especially. It's true. <laughs> My mood to all of this is just kind of like John Mulaney, like, just because you're right doesn't mean you're interesting. (laughs) Yes, exactly. The periodic table in the science classroom has several chemical elements which had not been discovered or named in 1983. For example, Livermorium LV was discovered in 2000 and wasn't named until 2012. Wow. That sounds fake. That element sounds gross. (laughs) Yeah. Livermorium? I thought it sounds like Ilvermorning. I mean, yeah. Like, that sounds like some dumb Harry Potter thing. Like, I am a person who has eaten liver mush, so I can't really talk, but it sounds gross. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, Sam explained to me what liver mush was while we were swimming with turtles in Hawaii, and that all I took away from swimming with turtles was that Sam ate liver mush. <laughs> Sorry. Please explain liver mush. You don't want to know what liver mush is. Never mind. I was like, I got a dessert from you, and now this? It's (laughs) a breakfast food. It's a breakfast food Mm -mm, that mm -mm. is similar to, Mm -mm. like, sausage. But it's... No, it is not. Yes, it is. 
but it's made with liver and like cornmeal. What liver from what, Samantha? I hate everything about this. Animals? What kind of animals? Any kind. Of, it she doesn't, doesn't know what kind of liver she's eating. <laughs> she when she told me it was deer. I mean, the homemade kind. Yes, it is deer. And you had homemade, yes. Yeah, but like we also buy it in the store. And I'm sorry, and it's, like, actually called liver mush? Yeah. Up here, it's called- That's not a very good name. Someone needs to rename that there's if also, they want to sell more. There's also Scrapple. Could you make a food sound more less appealing? More less appealing. Hello, did you just say Scrapple? Yeah. What? <laughs> Is that the little-known knockoff of, like, I don't know, Snapple? No, it's, like, another name for liver mush, I'm assuming. But I've only seen okay. it up here. Like, and Robin and I come from the Redneck Province, so the fact that we've never heard of that, that's an achievement. Alberta, the Texas of Canada. That is exactly right. <laughs> Near the end, the boys get into a car and buckle up. Get into a car. <laughs> Seatbelt laws were enacted in 1984. Oh, Practically oh no one buckled up back then until it became the law. Jesus Christ. <laughs> when Nancy and Jonathan are in the car, you can hear Corey Hart's sunglasses at night playing on the radio. The scene takes place in 1983, but the song was not released until January of 1984. I mean, I guess that one's kind of fair. Yeah. But song continuity is kind of hard. Yeah. Just because you're right doesn't mean you're in. <laughs> Say it after every single one. That's the same joke twice. That's so good. <laughs> Jonathan's 71 Ford LTD has a brake light out on the driver's side at the end of chapter 7. By the evening of the same day, now chapter 8, both brake lights work. He obviously went to get it, like, fixed. <laughs> yeah. Duh. When the creature attacks Jonathan in the buyer's home, he drops his nail-filled bat, and as the creature is about to eat his face off, Nancy shoots it five times. Nancy shoots it five times. It stands up to come at her, and she shoots it four or five times more, all without reloading the I... six-shot point thirty-eight that Jonathan stole from his dad. Also noticed that, and it was annoying. Because you, she only has six it's bullets. It's only supposed to have... Yeah, and she doesn't reload it. Okay, that's... Fair. It's nitpicky, but it mm-hmm. that one's fair. Yeah. Okay, so now after all the nitpicky stuff, now we're getting into um fun facts. Oh, I love those. Okay. As the kids are fleeing the monster and the armed Department of Energy personnel, Dustin carries the semi-conscious Eleven to safety rather than Mike. This was due to Finn Wolfhard's inability to carry Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> <laughs> the responsibility for transport That's fell to Gaten Matarazzo, despite having an injured ankle and knee on the same leg on the day of shooting. Oh my god. So just to be oh. clear, Gaten hurt his leg and still could carry Millie better than Finn. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> but if, like, if you were going to pick one of those kids, you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah Dustin would yeah, do it. Yeah. yeah. Another one, Eleven's longest phrase in season one is only seven words long. Uh, I think it was last episode where she says, just, just hold on just a little longer. Sorry, just, just hold on a little longer. Throughout the entirety of the season, she only had 42 lines. Oh my god! Huh. Uh, after Mike and Eleven kissed, the director shouted cut and Millie got up and said, that's kissing? That's it? That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> As that was her first kiss. <laughs> I, I... Finn was like, cool, I thanks. I think it's weird god. that they, like... That they made her do that kiss when it was her first. You know, I think it's I think it's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I support her reacting that way very much. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's like if you do need it in the show, you can't just like wait for your actor to like have her first kiss before like you need to get shooting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that, but it's I think it's just weird. 
Yeah. I wonder if, like, sometimes when it's, like, kids like that, sometimes, like, when they're casting, they will say, by the way, like, it's like if they, if there's a nudity scene, you have to tell people that there's a nudity scene before they, before you cast yeah. them, you know? So yeah. if it says, like, hey, I know you're a kid, there is a kissing scene at the end of this, you know, I'm sure she, you know. she had to consent to that. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown and Finn Wolfhard reported that before their kissing scene, they each ate an entire container of Tic Tacs. Oh! <laughs> That's so wholesome! They're so precious. And this one, this one is extra, extra cool, but it's, like, all about the very end, like, when they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, so I think I'm gonna save this one okay. for when we get there, because it's very cool. I love that. Cool. So, do you guys want to talk about Team Adults? Yes! yes. Always. All right. Here we go. Our favorite. <laughs> Hopper and Joyce are being held in separate rooms by the bad people. Joyce is getting a stern talking to while Hopper gets fully tortured. <laughs> oh, yeah. He strikes a deal in which they can go in and save Will, but once they come out, their company had nothing to do with it at all. They put on hazmat suits and head inside. During this, Hopper is having continued flashbacks to when his daughter Sarah passed away of cancer. It's very timely and relevant. They go to the Upside Down Castle Buyers because that's where Eleven said Will was, but it had been destroyed. They go to the buyer's house and we see the teens in the upside right seeing the lights move one by one. Jonathan can tell it's his mom and not the monster. They get to the library where they find Will. He has some weird tendril vine thing stuck down his throat. Yuck. Ew. Hop and Joyce perform CPR and Will wakes up. So... I can't stop thinking about how gross the vine thing was. Yeah. I want to spend five years talking about Joyce's leather jacket. Thanks. Great. <laughs> get started then. I got the time. <laughs> you know what? I don't have many words. <laughs> I was just gonna be like, I think, I think all of it was, hey, that's a good leather jacket. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that we talked about earlier in this podcast, like earlier in the season, was we talked about what the upside down actually is, whether it's like alive, like what that sort of like ash stuff that falls down is. Do you? Sorry, I burped. <laughs> do you guys have any thoughts on that? Like, what do you guys think the upside down is? Shadow dimension. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's, well, I was going to say, I don't think it's, like, a living thing, but. Yeah, that's my next question was, do you think that it's actually, like, legit alive? The whole thing is alive and not just, like, the creatures that are inside it. Right. I mean, the world is alive, so I don't see why it wouldn't be. That's a fair Mm. point. That is a very fair point. It's always, like, like, whenever they, like, go through it, then it's, like, always, like, coming back together immediately. And, like, in season two when Hopper goes, like, down into the the thing and then it, like, immediately grows over top of it. You right. And, And it's always, like, fleshy membrane- stuff going in and out of it so you know what it kind of reminds me of annihilation what um kind of like the planet from the hunter of the season i knew you were gonna (laughs) say that huh huh think about it which they got from annihilation sometimes i feel like it's actually like breathing yeah Yeah. what the upside down yeah yeah Yeah. i agree okay i redact rescind retract rescind rescind update it's rescind (laughs) I feel like the word I was looking for was redact. I redact my earlier okay. statement. Sure. Pretty sure that rescind and redact no, are the same re- thing. Okay. So I will give you that one. Redact means like to to like block part of it out. Blank out. I think you yeah, guys redact mean retract. Is, you're reading a document and it's like all blacked out, like the stuff. Right. And rescind, retract means to yeah. pull it back. Rescind means take it back. Yes, yes I yeah. am an English major. <laughs> oh. You went to school for a language you already spoke. <laughs> 
And then they told me to read a bunch of books, and I didn't. I paid $120,000 for someone to tell me to go read Jane Austen. And, and then, then I didn't. didn't. Literally, that's all of Guys, us, though. We're like, what college. the hell did we go to school? Well, except for Robin. Robin went to school for something. What is college? Stop going until we figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Um. So are Joyce and Hopper stuck in the same rooms as Jonathan and Nancy? Um. Yes. Like, what? that they were interrogated in before. Right, in season later. two. Like, uh... Yeah, oh. I think so. I mean, it's the same building, right? Yes. So, yeah. Is it me, though, or does that building look totally different in season two? It's because it's it, it's because it has a different energy. Yeah, it's more bright and open. Yeah, because ultimately, and like... And, like, we see a lot more of it, too, in season two. Yes, and when, when you're watching season two, you're not sure whether or not, you know, they are good people or not. Like, um, that the guy from Alien who plays the Doctor, he, you know... It seems nice, but, like, you can't really ever tell. And then at the end of the season, it is revealed that they are actually the good guys and they are actually trying to help. But, yeah, just the, the energy is different in there a lot. Like, and the lights are different. But also they're still kind of bad because they're, like... Yeah. Ugh. They're still kind of experimenting on a kid. Yeah. Well, they're not experimenting on... I mean, they, they experiment on Will a little bit. Oh, I guess. I, they're not... Yeah. I wouldn't say they're experimenting. They're you, they're, I, not they're, experimenting so much as observing a, a successful experiment, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, they weren't... On they Will. didn't actually actively try to help Will very much. Exactly. Well, the, except for the one doctor. The rest of them were like, well, let's just let him die. And he was like, hey, no. that's murder. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> Don't lock up an angry mom. Oh, my it's God. not a good idea. Really, you should not mm. ever do that. I kind of wish that... Like, I know that Hop was basically like, let me do the talking, you know, like that protagonist thing to to say. But, like, mm. I kind of wish that it had been Joyce who, like, talked them into, like, letting them go. Yeah. Agree, you know what I mean? Me too. And she was the one who cut the deal for her own son. Yeah, it's, like, it tracks for Hopper's character that he'd be able to do that and everything. Like, he's a cop. He's an interrogator. He knows how to do that. He's a tough guy who, who knows what he's doing. But it would have been cool for this final thing to, like, have been Joyce. Like, I one agree. of my huge problems with season yeah. one is that Joyce did not have enough agency, and I think they started to fix that in season two, mm-hmm. and I hope they fix it even more in season three. Yeah, yeah, because Joyce's plotline, like, as much as I really love Joyce, her plotline has essentially been crying and yelling about Will being in the exact same situation twice in two different seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, though, like, this is such a small thing, but... The one moment from, like, I don't know, 101, 102, 103, I don't know. Um, I just, like, rewatched the whole season in the span of, like, two days. So they're all nice. together in my mind. But the scene where she's buying the telephone and yes. she's, like, telling her boss that, like, I've been here 10 years. I've never missed a day. And she, like, just ends it by saying, and you're gonna give me an advance. Like, it's such a small moment, but, like... It's so good. Just yeah. having... Ugh, just such a, like... It's so badass. It's such a badass moment of, like, a woman knowing her worth and just, like, not taking no for an answer. Uh, like, yeah. So I agree that, like, a lot of her storyline is very just panic. <laughs> that's that's her story. Yeah. But, like, those small little moments when she's just, like, yeah. such a badass, it, it mm-hmm. makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like that correct. and then the stuff yes. towards the end of season two where she's like making demands for Will and like and when they fight to get mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. At, get the monster out of him at the end are those are like really great Joyce yeah. moments and I hope we get more. Yep. One of my favorite Joyce moments in season two is when um like Will is starting to like not remember who people are. Like he doesn't know who Hopper is, he doesn't know who Bob is and everything. And it gets to the point where they're like where he 
they can't they can't have him know anything because yeah. he's clearly possessed and she goes she's like hey who am i who am i and, and he takes just a little too long yep. to say your mom and she's like nope he did it it's wrong yeah and then she she's the one who comes up with how to save him too yes. with like sweating yep. it out yeah mm-hmm. so like more of that energy yes. for season three would be so good yeah but i also love that one of the things that we pointed out was that joyce will not be gaslit so this kind of yeah. it, it parallels um it parallels karen because uh i think I believe it was last episode that we were talking about how Karen, like the uh, the government comes. Is that, that us? us? Yeah, those seagulls are having a party and they didn't invite us. <laughs> That's so rude. Okay, well, hey, ambient seagulls, you're welcome. Yeah, we are not closing the door. It's too hot here. <laughs> yes. Sorry, but we we're saying that like the government comes to the Wheeler house and Karen and Ted are basically just gaslit. Not that we care about what Ted's saying. So he can't do anything anyway. <laughs> Screw you, Ted. But Brenner and Connie play good cop, bad cop to them. And Karen doesn't have any reason to believe that she's not supposed to believe the government. Right. Like she gets a weird, she gets a weird feeling from Brenner, she says, but she has no reason to think that they're not doing their best because he says that he's from the government and everything. But of course, Joyce knows for a fact that they are wrong. So, so Brenner coming in and telling her, oh, like, we've had six taken this week. And I'm like, okay, well, how many before then? Like, how exactly. many, how are you still allowed to do this? Right. But, and, and being like, oh, like, we've also gone through losses and I'm also sad. And she's like, hey, shut up. <laughs> what are you even talking about? I see you villain with your villain eyes. Your villain mustache. I know, but he didn't have a mustache, so I had to say eyes. Oh, okay. That's fair. Thank you. But that is a great point that, like, Karen is a lot easier to fool. But, like, but... Yeah. Well, she's not in it. But, yeah, like, her kid's not the one missing, so... Yeah. Yeah. But you think as a mom, like, if kids kept going missing, you'd be like, hmm. I mean, I feel like Karen, in season one, is a good good mom. I think she's an underrated mom. Yeah. Oh, of course she is. Uh, and she gets overlooked a lot. I just think she, like, really, really loves her kids. I, I think she was a really good mom to Nancy. I think yeah. that she, like loves Mike. I mean, their house is, like, the hangout. Like, she cares about her kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't deserve the crap storyline she's getting in season three, so. <sighs> yeah. Exactly. I was just gonna say, like, what happened to her that she would... I'm really hoping that, like, the storyline thing that we're seeing is a misdirect and Billy oh, dies in, like, nice. the first scene that he's in. It honestly looks like Billy right. is going to die. Like, if you look at the poster, like, he's in darkness, he's away from everybody else, yeah. so. And, like, in the trailer, it looks like he gets taken over by whatever the darkness is. Oh my god, maybe he's gonna get barbed. Yeah. 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 He's gonna be sitting on the diving board at the pool. Oh my god. <laughs> that yeah. would be amazing. Did you guys see that theory that... Steve is the monster that is in the hallway between Nancy and Jonathan. No, tell me more <gasps> about that. Tell me what? more about that. Also, I'm sad. Okay, well, yeah. I just saw a theory right after the trailer came out because I wrote an article about, like, reasons to be excited. And I was, like, just browsing Tumblr for GIFs and, like, reactions and stuff. And there was one theory that because you see Steve getting, like, injected with something. Yes. Um, and then there's the all those cuts of Nancy and Jonathan being on opposite ends of a hallway, and then there's, like, a new monster in between them. Right. People were thinking that the government turns Steve into a monster. No, someone what the change heck? him back! So, change him back! Save that boy! I personally don't... If they can't change him back, that can't be true unless they change him back. Right. They know they're gonna get a big Oh, backlash. fully, fully. Of course they will. I personally don't think that's true, but I do think... Billy could become a monster because he's already like a yeah. terrible person, literally. 
So, like, it would yes. be a cool metaphor if he literally became a monster. Um, and also, right. that would be a great way to re- get rid of him, because I don't like him. Yes. I would love if, like, Lucas came in with Steve's baseball bat and was like, die, racist, and just killed him. <laughs> yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, Casey, did you have thoughts on Karen? Oh, I was just going to say that, like, I truly did not appreciate Karen's value until I started, like, listening to your podcast. Like. Aw. Aw. Like, I'm just thinking back to when I first watched the series and I didn't pay two cents. I didn't pay two cents to, what am I trying to say? <laughs> I didn't give two craps. Sure. I didn't give two craps about know. Karen. Like, not <laughs> it, not like I actively disliked her. I just like. But like, she's not, she doesn't really stand out. I was like, okay, there's this mom. Yeah. But then when I, when I've like rewatched since starting your podcast it's like my eyes have been opened to a whole new world and i just want to protect karen wheeler with my life because she just loves her children so much and just wants to be the best mom she can she's just doing her best she's just doing her best right exactly (laughs) the way she runs to like her kids at the end of this episode is like you can't say she doesn't love them also ted is useless ted sucks even in this, okay, I... This is a Ted Wheeler hate blog. <laughs> yes. I have a note about this later in the kid's storyline, but, like, literally, Karen, like, runs to Mike and is, like, talking to Mike, and Mike is, like, crying in Karen's arms and everything, and Ted is, like, chatting to the hey! EMT beside her or something. Like, he literally does not care. Ted is the worst. Yes. I'm pretty sure Casey was re-watching the finale episode in preparation, and she sent me a Snapchat that said, Jesus Christ, Ted, hug your kids. Yes, that is literally yes. in my notes. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah. But another thing is that, like, when you had said, Brittany, you said, like, if kids are going missing, shouldn't she be paying attention? But, like, kids aren't even going missing. One kid it's is just going the one. Missing. Yeah. And then, like, nobody even knows about Barb. Exactly. Like, like they're, they're covering Barb up real freaking well. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody even knows about Barb. It's literally just Will. And she told them, she said, don't go out at night. Like, you stay here at night. And, she like, kept them as safe as she could. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you're right. And she thinks her kids are at. Uh, at their friend's house. Exactly. Yeah. Like, she doesn't... And, like, she... She doesn't... She thinks they're safe. Yeah, like, she should be able to trust that, like, those parents, who she also trusts to look after, after her kids, are looking after her kids. But, yeah. like, you can't... The problem is that her kids are filthy liars. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, you can't control when your kids lie to you. Yeah. So... So, Hopper gets tortured, but Joyce just gets, like, a talking to. I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm upset I, about it, but yeah. it is odd. Yeah. I do appreciate that they're not, like beating the crap out of Joyce, but I feel like they are the same level of, like, angry. Yes. So I think it's strange. But also, Hop is, like, angry and sarcastic. Right. So he's, like, making jokes the whole time. And it seems like they're, like, literally, like, threatening to fake his death. Which, and it's, like, clear, like, we have the ability to do that. He's like, okay, but, I mean, we've done it twice It just involves stuffing a plastic dummy, so you don't really have much of an ability there. And I feel like... I feel like Hopper, though, at this point, is kind of like, okay, whatever, go ahead and do it. No one would miss me anyway. Oh. Right, which is, like, the reason why he wanted to go by himself. He's like, Joyce, you can't come with me because because it doesn't matter what happens to me. Exactly. Um, Because, like, like, okay, well, (laughs) no. (laughs) Because, like, he's still, like, throughout the season, it's clear that he's still, like, suffering from depression from losing his kid. Yes. So, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like he just wants to protect children. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I hurt. Protect him! Right? So they get to go into the thing, right? Is that... What are we doing next? 
Oh yeah, our next note was all OTPs wear hazmat suits. Oh, that's that was my point. That's real. Yeah, I love that, Brittany. Yeah, yeah. love that Thank for you. us. Okay, so the hair tie. Basically, there is a blue hair tie that is in Sarah's hair that Hopper wears like a bracelet mm-hmm. and then gives to Eleven at the end of season two. Yes. Oh, right, at the dance, right? I didn't, normal. I didn't catch that that was the hair tie, like, in this, like, that you see it mm-hmm. in the flashback. Yeah. Like, this early? Yeah. Yeah, I fully forgot about this until just now. Like, I didn't catch that that was a thing. Yeah. I feel like you forget about a lot of these character moments because the overall plot kind of eats them. Yeah. Yeah. But the show, do, like, makes pains to make them happen. Yeah. So that's why it's, like, like it's a great show to binge watch because so much happens and it's, like, it keeps your interest the whole time. But then it's a great show to have that you can watch over and over because of the little details like that. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think every time I, like, watch this show, like, rewatch this show, I, like, pick up on more of those things and I have just, like such a bigger appreciation for the show as a whole because mm-hmm. they yeah. totally flew over my head the first time and mm-hmm. also like the yeah. second and third time <laughs> <laughs> so they get to castle buyers and of course it's all broken because we saw at the end of last episode that it got all smashed and and such hopper is reading anne of green gables to oh. sarah <laughs> is that the same book he reads to 11 in season two probably i, I enjoy is. suffering <laughs> let me uh let me check i hate anne of green gables <laughs> i'm sorry it's a canadian institution and i was forced to go there to the anne of green gables house when i was a kid <gasps> wait and i did not want to be there what wait did you not know anne of green gables is canadian i didn't was she a real person uh she, i think she was based on a real person Hang on. i have several questions there's, like, you can, like, visit, like, the Anne of Green Gables house in Nova Scotia. And I was forced to, and I didn't want to, because I wanted to go and sit in my room or, like, swim in the pool. Fair. I had to read the book in elementary school, but, like, I can't remember that. What was Robin I'm doing? I'm, I'm trying to figure out the book that Hopper reads to Eleven in oh, season wait, wait, wait. two. It sure is! It's Anne of Green Gables! He reads the same book to Eleven that he did to Sarah. Thank you! I think the book is set in Prince Edward Island and y'all didn't pick up that it was Canadian? I haven't read that book since I was, like, six. Either way, Hopper reads it to both Sarah and Eleven. Thanks. I love it. Uh, So they are lighting up the Christmas lights by walking through the buyer's house, which is really cool because it answers questions we had earlier in the season. Like, just just by doing that, now we have answers as to what was happening in the Upside Down when Joyce was seeing that, which I think is really, really cool. And she can hear Jonathan, which which now we can also see, like, what happened to Will in the Upside Down when he was hearing Joyce. So is it familial uh, ties? Wait, what? Do you think it's familial ties that make the lights go on and off? Like, I know, I think it's just a person walking through there. But being able to sense that someone's there and, like, with absolute certainty? See, like, that was... Well... That was something that I am curious about, too, because in season two, when Eleven talks to her mom, like, it's... Her mom's body is in this reality, but is her mind in the upside down because she can... She uses the lights to, like, get Eleven's attention. Oh, I didn't even think I about that. I think that it's a it's a combination of her, bra- her brain being in the upside down and, like, what actually happens to people like that in, like, the in real life. I, def- I think it's a combination. Right, no, I'm just saying, like, Fair enough. just the way that she's able to use the lights is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think and so. And then, like... But, but she, it's different because she's not in the upside right. down. She's in... She's in Eleven's upside down, which we've been calling the inside out. 
Yeah. Uh, so, um, so I have a question then. So how, hmm, how did Will like spell out things with the lights? I think he, t- I think he touched them. He touched each light. Because as they're walking, like, the lights light up as they are walking, like, in that actual area in the Upside Down. So if he sees, like, what she wrote out, then he can, then then I thought he would touch Mm. each light. Okay, okay. I wasn't thinking that he, like, could have seen, like, like, the letters on the wall, but I guess that would make sense. Because you can't, you can't see the people that are walking around in either reality, but you can see, like, the structures are all still mm-hmm. the same. So I guess if the house yeah. changed, mm-hmm. then... Okay. So, that like, her, her writing on the thing then maybe changed what happened in the Upside Down. But I, I don't necessarily think that it is only being able to hear your family. I think that... And, and actually, it's not clear whether or not... Do Nancy and Steve also hear it? I don't, I don't know if they hear it, but I know that they... Or no. They see the light. No, sorry. He doesn't hear... They see the light. He doesn't... Sorry. Yes, sorry. They don't hear Joyce in the right side up. Joyce hears Jonathan. Yeah. Only Joyce hears Jonathan. Right. Right. So, because earlier, Joyce could not hear Will. Will could just hear Joyce. So, that makes sense. But I think that the reason why Jonathan knows that it's Joyce is just because Joyce has explained that that's what happened and that's what she heard. Or, or, sorry, what she saw, like, to Jonathan and Jonathan, of course, probably, like, feels the energy. And I'm sure it's a lot different than the Demogorgon. Like, he can tell that it's right. nicer and that it's probably Joyce. That's a good point. And I feel like, like, Nancy and Steve can see the lights, too. But I feel like because of their family, it's just that stronger sense of, like, understanding. Yeah. 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 Right, right, right. And trust. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my questions about Will was why did he go to the library? But I realized that he's probably been like dragged to the library. It seems like everybody has been taken to the library as like a center point. Oh, really? Because Will was, well, Will was in Castle Byers. Right. And it seemed like the, the, and it looks like everybody, like there were other bodies inside of the library and Will was like stuck to the wall, like in the library. It seems like the library is maybe a like hub for Wait. the for the, the monster. I didn't think about that. So there were other bodies? Yes. Why did how did I miss that? I'm gonna have to do another rewatch. I don't think they were they they weren't like attached to the wall like he was, but um there were some on the ground and when Eleven saw Barb in her inside out last episode, yeah. I think, um, she had like that snakes type of thing like inside her mouth. Like but we didn't us. know if she was, like, in the library or anything. Right. We did not know that, no. Interesting. But I guess it's, like, I, I just wonder why the library was chosen as that, like, And why didn't they wise. revisit that the next season? Yeah. It'll be interesting to sure. see if that comes into play in the new one, because in the trailer, there are people protesting the mall. Yeah. And it sort of looks like they're outside the library. Oh. Okay. Interesting. But I could... I could be wrong about where they are. They could be at the mall, which would make more sense. Right. But yeah. Or maybe the library's closing because of the mall? Maybe. Right. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. So, there's, like, this sort of, like, tendril vine type thing down his throat. Ugh. So, did they, like... Cute. I mean, I hate to say it, but did they, did they like, lay eggs? 
that was my Ew. yeah that was my theory no but that was my theory when we were watching is because that creature was it's inside alive him. too it's not just a vine it's a exactly like it's a creature oh. it's not just like a plant it because it kind of looked like a, an eel almost yeah and so i literally said when we were watching i was like do you think it laid eggs in him and like that might be why he barfed stuff up later. That could be why he barfed the slug up. I think it could be, like, a combination of that. Like, as we were talking about earlier, if the whole upside down is alive, because of the way that the, like, fleshy in and out of the dimension thing works and all of that, and the way it's mm-hmm. breathing, if the whole place is alive, it could be that it is a vine that grew into him, and that's how they, like, grow the demodogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, we were also... Using a human host or something. Yeah, Brittany was also saying that potentially, like, that could be where Dart comes from, is when Will barfs up that slug I thought that was thing. your theory. Was that my theory? You said that oh, last episode. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, she was saying, like, maybe that is... Not necessarily, like, that one specifically is Dart, because clearly Dart grows really heckin' quick, and it's, like, been a whole freaking year, basically. Right. But... Um, that could be like his species, or like exactly you know, the beginning of it. Something there, there's some kind of like there's something related with in my mind. There's something more than the gate being open that created the demodogs because you also have oh no definitely yeah like wait will barfing up that stuff has to be no related in some way right yeah well I was just rewatching the beginning of season two and when Will sees Dart for the first time there's a flashback to him barfing up that slug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's even like, if that's not it, I think in Will's mind, he feels responsible for it. Huh. But so you guys don't think that the demodogs are just not fully grown demogorgons? That's a great question, too. They, I, oh. I, I'm under the impression that they are different, actually, because like, the, the demogorgon is like a full on, like, person like i walk like walks like a person yeah it's bipedal and the demodogs are you know dogs dogs and people their bones are different you know like i don't know that's interesting it's a biped versus a quadruped like i think they're two different species there's just so many demodogs too and they and they grow so fast i don't know how much time has like goes on like what am I trying to say? I don't know how much time passes in between, like, I've turned into a demodog and a, a popper kill, a slash 11 kills all the demodogs, you know? Like, I don't know if there would be time for another, like, transformation into a demogorgon. So, interesting. that's interesting. I don't know. That don't would know. be kind of cool if, like, it was one stage of the evolution and it literally went from, like, walking on all fours to walking on two legs. There are so many of them. There are yeah. so many of them. That'd be terrifying to have so many Demogorgons. Exactly. But I think that's like the cool thing because it's pretty clear from that huge creature, the Mind Flare, yes. that the Demogorgon was like an ant compared to it. Right. So the Demodogs, like all of that stuff, like that was just a drop in the bucket of like the horror that the Upside Down has. Yeah. And the Demodogs are almost more terrifying to me than the Demogorgon because of its Agreed. being sort of humanoid. Right. Because they can like move a lot faster. That's definitely true. Like, I could maybe outrun the Demogorgon, but I could not outrun a pack of Demodogs. You know what I mean? Right. And the Demogorgon, too, is, like, one, and there are so many Demodogs. (laughs) Like... Like Steve, like Steve in that junkyard is like, great, a demodog, can't wait. And then like it's like, okay, well there are four other demodogs here, and he's like, okay, um, crap, <laughs> great, a demodog, 
great, a demodog. Yeah, great, like a demodog. He's like, great, I have demodog. He's like, I have defeated a demogorgon before. Everything's fine, so I can definitely take on a demodog. What I can't do is take on two demodogs. <laughs> and like, by the time you get to four, it's like, well, I'm probably gonna die here. Yeah. Okay, so in the upside down, <laughs> they find Will. Yes, they do CPR. Excuse me. Newfangled CPR. Yeah, newfangled CPR, not the CPR they should be doing. I, yeah. But ultimately, Will does wake up. This scene is fantastic. The music is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The way yeah. that, like... Yeah, I noted the music. Oh, great. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that you guys have the same, same thought, Dusky. Yeah, that makes me happy. I mean, she is my mom. <laughs> Good point. Um, I just really liked the way the whole scene played out and the building of the music up in that moment. And Joyce being so focused on Will, but Hopper being focused on both of them. And, like, I never noticed it before, but he sort of, like, is wrapped around both Joyce and Will. And that, like, broke me as a shipper. Um, Yeah. I'm very here for it. Must protect. I know. It's, like, so soft. Oh, my God. Yes, Casey. I I just... I was going through my notes, and I was just thinking, like, oh, yeah, I just remember that, like, I wrote about the music, so I don't need to look at what I wrote. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what I wrote? I wrote Lost Vibes. This gave me major vibes. How does she know what I'm about to say? Robin's whole, like, being just lit up. How does she know? Robin. <sighs> yes, there's a there's a scene in season one of Lost that is very similar to this, even to the point where it's, like, we're doing the music CPR. build and, like, the pounding on the chest. They won't wake up, and so we start, like, punching their chest. Like, it literally is, like, beat for beat, this scene in Lost, and and then they eventually, like, do wake up. Oh my god, I just got chills. And <laughs> and it's, like, obviously, I mean, personally, I prefer the Lost one, but that's just because they have more time to do it. Like, that scene takes up, like, probably five minutes, if not more. Like, yeah. it's a very, very long scene, and they give it a lot, a lot of time. Obviously, this is a season finale, and there's lots of other things to do, so they can't take up that much time, but it's still, like, really good, if not just a very, like, a little condensed version of of that, and um, it was great, and I liked it. Agreed. Yeah, I love this scene so much. Do you guys have any other thoughts on that scene before we move on into, like, like, after, basically, Will's in the hospital? Um, just that I really enjoyed it. My other note is that Winona Ryder deserves an Emmy nomination. T. Yeah, hello? Winona and Will. Noah? And Noah both deserve yeah. Emmy noms. Because, like, I don't yeah. think... I think that Millie and David have both been nominated so far. But, like, Winona and Will, I mean, Noah, <laughs> I keep doing that, are just doing incredible work that, like, is getting overlooked, I think. Yeah, so I think they are just as worthy of Emmy nominations as anyone else. The Agreed. Cast. Yeah, everyone, like, to be clear, like, everybody in this show is so good. And it's, like, rare when exactly. you get everyone who's, like, that good. There's no weak link. But, like, you think about, like, I think about Noah all the time. You know, like, he, he. Yeah. Especially in season two when he has, yes. that, like, seizure in the field. Like, oh, my gosh. Give that child an Emmy. The the fact that we don't see as much of him in season one is like kind of sad because because when yeah. you see him in season two and we don't even see like a lot of actual Will in season two. That's why I'm like so excited for season three to actually see Will because we know from that giant shot of like uh, it like pushing in of like everybody in the mall, Will is there. Yeah. So like he is part of it finally. 
But like even in season two, he's like possessed for half the season. So I just want to get to know Will. And like that scene where after he's been like taken by the mind flare and he's like explaining to Joyce and just like crying about like anyway. It, uh yeah, he's great. It was a lot. He's really so talented. It's a lot and it's it's fantastic. Like that scene in particular, I'm just like, that's the one that you like for your consideration, please. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's such a good actor that he almost saw the Dolan twins had act. Yeah, he was just in, <laughs> he just went on the Dolan twins youtube channel to try and teach them how to act and i was so happy that whole video i was just like this is two idiots and one like kid who deserves an oscar (laughs) and basically the dolan twins were just like trying their best i guess and he was like no that was good and i was like don't don't just be nice to them (laughs) but he was he's nice boy also um those kids aging is freaking me out oh my gosh if you haven't been watching like year by year of stranger things seeing them become like kids tweens teens then you're and you're like just binge watching it all in like one go if you haven't seen like season one before i would be horrified like, what the <laughs> heck? i'm like whoa that was a kid three seconds ago mike is having a hard time just waiting around especially after realizing that jancy had left eleven is really tired and needs to recharge so dustin tries to get her some chocolate pudding mike tells eleven that she can live with them and be her new family but not him <laughs> He tries to explain romance, and I don't know if he succeeds. (laughs) Mike kisses Eleven, and all the bad guys come to tell him he was being weird about it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, they're coming up to gather Eleven. They dumb, though, because Eleven immediately kills a bunch of them. The monster also shows up and full-on eats Brenner. They all run into a classroom, and the Demogorgon follows them. Lucas hits it with his slingshot, which totally would have worked, but luckily Eleven helps. (laughs) She defeats the monster, who doesn't feel so good, Mr. Stark, and says goodbye to Mike. Mike's parents show up at school, so Mike finally gets to hug his mom after this whole ordeal. (laughs) That was fantastic. That was a lot. That was, like, the whole- the whole thing summed up like that is just mind-blowing. I just really appreciate the, uh, the Infinity War joke, because I also wrote in my notes that, uh, they got Thanos snapped. Mm No! Oh my god. (laughs) Yes. So, I made that joke, and Robin was typing. I made some stupid comment- and how, like, that was my original joke. And she was like, mm, not really. That was kind of low-hanging fruit. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, anybody turns to Ash these days and you know what's up. <laughs> like, you can watch Heck and Deathly Hallows Part 2. Damn it, I was just about to make <laughs> that Voldemort, reference. Voldemort goes and you're like, ha ha ha, that's what happened ten years ago or whatever. Oh I was my God. just about to make that joke. Bye. But my first note about this uh, storyline was just that Mike is being a really bad at pillow. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, like, shaking his knee and everything, and I'm like, clearly she's trying to lie down on you, and yeah. you're just doing a garbage job. She needs a nap. Mike is just chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> so she has to recharge, of course, because she, like, well, no, she flipped a van a while ago. She she was just, just in the- went into the upside down. Bath. In the bath. So Mike is like, hey, you can come and live at my house, and we can be your new family, except not me. Like, Nancy can be your sister, and my mom can be your mom. But just to be clear, just to be super, super confusing just for you, because you don't understand a lot, everybody else in my family will be your family, but not me, because that'd be weird. And she's like, cool, so what? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, what does that mean? That conversation is so awkward. Um, it's so awkward. I, I a really important note from it is that um, Karen Wheeler is an awesome cook. Yes! That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, That's soft. 
That's really sad. But he brings up the snowball, which of course we get to see at the end of season two, which I think is lovely. Oh, yeah. And she finally actually does get to go. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. so cute. It's like such a long game. Yeah. But it's hard to explain romance to her. Oh, dang. He's asking like a year in advance? Well, he thought that she could go like next month. Oh, it's a yearly thing. It's a yearly thing. And then she disappears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has to basically wait another year yeah. for it. Yeah. So, but, okay, so then they kiss. <laughs> it's so awkward. So weird. They're little. Children, but They're little. Yeah. They're just little guys. So weird. Okay, so I might, this might be a controversial question, but does Eleven actually like Mike or was he just the first person to be nice to her? Yes. My answer to that question is yes. Yeah, I I think in that instance, Sam's right. Two things can be true. Because we were looking at the new Stranger Things trailer that just came out for season three and she's like hanging out with him in his room or maybe it's like her room. I don't even know exactly. I don't know what room that was but and then they're like hanging out and they like kiss some more and i'm like okay so you guys are still together obviously but like what do you guys even like each other or do you guys like the idea of each other you know like because they're like oh we're we're supposed to like date like that's what you do when you're becoming a teenager and mike was hung up on her for like a full year but like without actually being with her like to be honest, like, at the end of season two, he's really only spent, like, maybe a week with actually her. Yeah. exactly. So, like, the fact that they are still together after another few months is, like, okay, but what actually is your relationship? You know what uh. I mean? But, like, but like those those months that we haven't seen yet between, like, December at the end of True. season two and, like, summertime at the start of season three, they could have, like, actually gotten to know each other. So, yes. I'm hoping that they handle it well in season three. Yes. But, like... The whole, I don't know, the obsession over the, the gap year is weird to me. Yeah. Like, I I get it, but also, uh, uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, he full on, like, I know he probably can, like, sense that she's not dead. You know, like, a lot of people, it's yeah, like a romance and, thing. You're like, exactly. I can tell they're not dead. Or but. just like the way that the Joyce could tell Will wasn't dead. Right. Yeah. It's like, like you just, sometimes you just know about a person that you care about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing the continuation of Malevin because I honestly, I have n- not been convinced up until now. No, I haven't either. Same. So I look, I am yeah. interested. I'm not convinced, nor do I entirely care. Right. Yeah, that's, that's my fair. thought as that's well. Fair. It's like, I, I just, ah, just, they're children. They're children. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, maybe, I was going to say, maybe this relationship is meant for younger viewers, but like Stranger Things is not for kids. Like, no. it has I've kids also, in it, but yeah, it, it might no, be for like, you know, teenager-ish, but if little kids are watching it, it's freaking terrifying. Mm -hmm. Also, I think I've said this before on this pod, but I think that the, my problem with Mike and Eleven is just that it's so overwrought and, like, angsty, and, like, the themes are more adult than I think they should be. Because, Mm -hmm. as you can see in season two with Lucas and Max, they can Mm -hmm. do a preteen romance without making it feel icky. Yeah, 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 they're so sweet. Mm-hmm. So like, I just want them to to like rein it back on the angst and the adult themes with Mike and Eleven, and just let them be kids who like each other. Exactly. I definitely get it though, because like they do it really well with Lucas and Max. That is so correct. Yes, they definitely do. But I, I think I, I get it because Mike is this guy who. Um, he watches TV, he plays Dungeons and Dragons, everything is a big story to him. And especially all these 
crazy things that happened in his life, you know, his life has started to become a movie, become a TV show. Mm -hmm. And so he thinks that, like, the movies that he's watched have these, like, angsty romances in them, and he thinks that's what life is maybe supposed to be. So when he finds this girl, he's like, first of all, he's like, this is the coolest person in the entire world. Obviously, I'm obsessed with her, because she has freaking powers. Right. But, like, then after that, it's like, well, you know, I've seen things in which you're supposed to wait for her and everything, and... So I get it from the perspective of a kid being like, this is what you're supposed to do. I kind of get that. And you're totally right, because I feel like that's also exacerbated on Eleven's end, because all that she knows about romance, she learns from watching daytime television. Exactly. Oh, yeah, literally. Exactly. So So, I didn't even think about that. when people are like, Eleven has no reason to be jealous of Max in season two. That literally makes no sense. I'm like, you know what? Is it a little bit ham-fisted sure but we have seen her watch all of these soap operas in which jealousy is everything it's literally i definitely get it it's kind of an interesting commentary on how much like television informs how we behave yeah because and that's why it's so important and i talked about this earlier in the season but that's why it's so important that the duffer brothers kind of like step back and think about what they're doing with the queer community Mm -hmm. because they continue to use like like, slurs very carelessly without anyone ever correcting why it's a bad thing to use that. So if someone's watching that and sort of even subconsciously letting TV inform their behavior, they might pick up on saying, oh, it's okay to use that word Mm -hmm. as an insult and, like, not learn why. Yeah. Yeah. And then that that brings up another thing I, I know that I've mentioned before is that I would like them to positively explore the possibility that Will is into guys because you don't see that a lot. And I think that... If, it, if done right, it could be really good, positive representation. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Right, and automatically, like, every conservative person is like, why are you slapping a sexuality onto this child? And you're like, I'm sorry, take a look at Mike and Eleven exactly. right now. Exactly. Yeah, like, there's no difference. There's literally no difference. Not at all. And, so. like, people who are queer sometimes realize it that early. So, like, it's, it's a thing that happens. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I've done research on that. It's usually, like, it's, um, it's usually ten. Yeah. 10 is when you is when you start figuring it out. Even earlier sometimes, but you know Noah would be up for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. But um moving back into the plot, <laughs> um so all the cavalry shows up and there are literally only four kids to defend so, everything. My question here when all the bad guys show up, by the way. Yeah. Did Hopper tell them where the kids were? Was that part of his deal? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why that's why Dustin know? says Lando. Yeah. He knew that Hopper was going to turn exactly. on Exactly. And they knew gotcha. the kids were Would in you? the gym. Yep. Would you explain that further, please? The Lando thing? Actually, I'm going to let my my beautiful girlfriend do that for she is the <laughs> she does the Star Wars and I do the Star Trek. Okay. Uh, so Lando Calrissian is a character in Star Wars who first appears in Empire Strikes Empire Back. Strikes Back. Yes, thank you, Casey. In Empire Strikes Back. Love you, Mom. <laughs> And uh, he's an old friend of Han Solo, and they are on the run from the Empire, and they go to hide out with Lando. And uh, they think that Lando's a friend, and that everything's going great, and they are, like, safe here for a minute. And then they go to have dinner, and then, whoops, there's Darth Vader. And they're all fucked. So, (laughs) it's basically, uh, you think that someone is your friend, and then they sell you out to the big bad government and it's not because they're not your friend it's just that they put their own uh, their, their own, own agenda and their own needs above yeah. your safety yeah like lando 
felt that his needs were higher than like his his risk of not telling on them was higher than the loss of telling on them. Um, exactly. And that's, I think what Hopper feels is that the kids can either defend themselves enough that he feels okay telling Brenner where they are, if it'll give him a chance to save Will. Right. Yeah. The question I was going to ask was, does Hopper think that they'll be okay and that they, oh, they can yes. defend themselves with Eleven? Like, I don't think he would not have yeah. told them if he didn't believe that the kids could handle themselves. I think that was part of the deal was that they are not to harm the kids. Right. And they weren't gonna, they were not going to go with that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that bothered me last episode was that they live in Hawkins and their school mascot was a tiger. (laughs) Oh, I have a note about this. I was so mad. And I realized that the thing on the wall says the Cubs. Which makes me feel better about it not being tigers, but I still think it should probably be the Hawkins Hawks. I, it's like when Ravenclaw isn't ha- isn't a raven. But also, they're at the elementary school, right? So yeah. I think that oh, they might have saved Hawk for the high school. No, I right. think that the the elementary school is the Cubs and the high school is the Tigers. Oh, Meh. that's kind of cute. Wait, but I ha- oh, I made an observation that may or may not be of any relevance <laughs> okay but um when they go into castle buyers uh i forget if no it's not in this episode was it when joyce visits it the first time i don't know at some point joyce is in castle buyers and she finds will's little um stuffed cub or oh, lion or whatever that's and this also, episode that's this episode oh that's this episode cool and in um, the flashbacks with Hopper and Sarah, um, she has a stuffed lion tiger, yeah, or <gasps> cub, or whatever. Wholesome. Tiger, yeah. So you know, tiger. Oh, there she be. That's yes. so wholesome. It's not cute. So That's just so cute. wanted to say an official goodbye to Connie from Social Services. <laughs> uh, you were the worst, and I don't want you back. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, what a satisfying right. death. So oh my true. gosh. It was so scary, though. Can we talk about how Eleven actually has a massive body count for, like, a kid? Yeah. Clark yeah, Griffin can relate. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Ooh. But, I mean, it took Clark until she was over 18 to kill people. <laughs> Eleven's just out there doing it before she even becomes a teenager. True. Yeah. So, there is now lots of blood on the ground, which is not great because uh, the Demogorgon is all about that. I was gonna say, oh, the poor janitor. I was gonna say, because that's slippery. <laughs> yeah. That's dangerous. <laughs> so, the Demogorgon, like, bursts through the wall- a la Kool-Aid Man. Yeah. And is he coming out where Eleven comes back in in season two? Yeah. Right? Is it not? Is it I like so. that, that exact oh same wall? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it is. I didn't yeah. even think about that. So Brenner's dead, right? Yes. Yeah. Like we see him again in season two, but that's just like a, that's, that's a flashback slash like. Unless the Demogorgon didn't like jump him and eat him, but jumped him and like hugged him and was like, yeah. <laughs> right, right. That must have been it. I mean, sure. that's possible. He's like Papa, right? I heard. Yeah, I, if someone called you Papa, I call you Papa. Yeah. We are friends now. Yeah. Oh my god. That's that's what happened. Yes. Remember when we so, saw that guy on the street? Which? Oh yeah. When, when I saw Brenner and I saw his wife because she had hair that I was interested in. Nice. So the things that Mike promises to Eleven include: uh, "We'll be home soon. My mom will get you your own bed. You can eat as many eggos as you want, and we can go to the snowball." And she says, "Promise." And he says, "Promise." Will these, 
well, at least some of these promises maybe come true in season three. I think two or three of those promises sound great. Yeah. yeah. I would like to do those. So, I don't want to go to the snowball, though. Yeah. Sam, don't take me to a ball. Okay. Okay. Want to play video games instead? Yeah! What video game are you going to play? <laughs> Lego Jurassic Park. Okay. Okay. <laughs> do they? Are they really out here thinking that that slingshot's going to work? Oh, I hope yep. so. I really hope yes. they think that. It's his wrist rocket. It's going to work. They're so dumb and cute and wonderful. In a moment of, like, horror and, like, terror and everything, that, like, they get, like, that one piece of comedy in which they legit think that they was, like, that was us. Yeah. We did that. Wow. Like, Lucas is, like, oh, my God, I did that. And then, like, the punchline is, like, 11 coming in. And I feel like on first watch, maybe you don't see it, but on second watch, it's just so funny. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. (laughs) Good thought, babe. It doesn't read as funny to me, but it's, like. It is funny. I mean, I get, I, I think. It's a valid thing to laugh at. It just doesn't read like that's not my instinct. Isn't to laugh at that moment. Oh yeah, well, that's I don't, fair. This I don't, is because this mine, is like our fourth time seeing it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine, mine is just like I don't know. I guess I still feel the same way that I did when I first watched it. So like the kids are like, "Wait, what the?" F-? And then then she walks out. Right. And it's like, what the heck? Oh, <laughs> it's just kind of like a moment of reprieve. Yeah. You know, where everything kind of just, like, stops for a second, which is cool. Exactly. It's, a, it's like a whiplash moment. Yeah. Where you're like, wait, what? The whole show is a whiplash moment. OT. You know what I mean? The poster in the back says photosynthesis. Same. I don't know if that's relevant, but I wanted to say it. Oh, okay. Okay. So, obviously, Karen is worried. Thank you so much for showing up, Ted. <laughs> yeah. Ted does the bare minimum and shows up to retrieve his children. Mm-hmm. Well, are we going to talk about the... And her, like destroying it sure so 11 destroys it so like (laughs) i just think it's i think it's weird that she destroys it but then disappears right yeah i don't get that so like did it suck her into the upside down and then she destroyed it or is she so part of the upside down that destroying a part of the upside down injures her i i just think it's right how did she end up in the upside down back in the upside down I and wonder like, if that's, like, the only place that you can kill it. Like, she found at some point that she was like, we have to, I have to transport us both back into the Upside Down. Because, like, that's where it's weakest, which is, I don't know. I don't know. If that I think that's sense. possible. Maybe. I don't know. Like, she just found that she wasn't going to be able to defeat it here. Like, she had to defeat it in the Upside Down or else. Right. That's kind of why I feel like the the ash kind of is, like, the remnant of them being there and, like, falling into the upside down gotcha because it's like always falling upside down Mm -hmm. or is it rising Mm. (laughs) (laughs) when 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 the whole group chat is dumb (laughs) you know what we sound like we sound like the aliens in toy story (gasps) we do toy story yes the The last note that I had about the storyline was just that it must be so nice to hug your mom after all that. Right. Uh, At any given time, I just want to hug my mom. So that makes sense. And once again, Ted shows no emotion and literally is just there for the bants. For Ted. Ted. (laughs) (laughs) He had one job and he was like, what's up, lads? My uh, note about Ted is what even is the point of you? Yeah. That's correct. Like, at this point... Karen could be a single mother and nothing would change. Literally. So true. She'd actually probably get more done. Yeah. Yeah. Because she wouldn't have to care for her third child. Exactly. Fourth child. Fourth, fourth child. I forgot. She has a baby. She's a baby and she still has to look after that man. Yup. 
where's Holly at the time when, like, she's in the ba- she's in the bath, and then Billy comes to the door, and then Ted is asleep? Like, is he supposed to be taking care of Holly? Where's Holly? Probably CP. Okay. She's a baby. Uh, that's that storyline. Do you guys want to move on to the end? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. Yes. Hey, Casey. Hey, Robin. Can you tell me what Patreon is? <laughs> Patreon is this... <laughs> it's, no. uh, it's a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. You know how I know that she genuinely listens to every single one of our podcasts? She got that word for word. Mm-hmm. I love that about and her. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist <laughs> from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms uh. and long naps. I'm on Twitter, at Britannia. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, no, because you changed it from journalism to attempting to be interesting. Yeah, because I realized that I was saying I was a journalist and I was attempting to be a journalist all in one bio. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that can be confusing. I'm a confusing lady. So donations start as at, as low as $1 a month. <laughs> that's it? Yeah. That's it. That seems like a deal. Just don't buy coffee once a month. Where can I find this Patreon? Uh, you can find it in the... the do you guys have it in the description box? Yes. Yep. You can find it in the description box, or you can go to, um, Pichinato's... Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Patreon.com slash the Aficionados? Yes. Oh my god, nailed yeah. it. And what do I get if I become a patron? Oh my god, you get so many great things. Okay, so I myself am a patron. Wow. Um, and it's the best use of money that I spend. <laughs> sure. Sure, yeah. Um, sure, sure, sure. It's been a long week. I'm sorry. I understand. So uh, I am a patron, and what I receive as a patron is, um, one, I get personalized postcards on their anniversary. Like, how freaking cute is that? <laughs> I, oh, you get early access to the episodes. Um, you get them at least one day in advance, but sometimes even more days in advance. And that's just fantastic because I am impatient. <laughs> yes. That's so fair. It's a move. And what if I can't donate? Oh, if you can't donate, don't worry about it. You got expenses. Take care of yourself first. Um, and the next best thing you can do is recommend this podcast to a friend. Just, uh, just chat about it. Um, turn it on when you're like carpooling to uh, school or something and just be like, Hey friend, isn't this such a great podcast? And turn it on. And then maybe that (laughs) friend will be like, Hey, I want to give them money. (laughs) And then they'll become a patron. (laughs) Hey, I want to give them money. Great. Thank you so much for telling us. Yeah, of course. Anytime. If anyone has any questions about being a patron, I have answers for you because I am a patron. Have I made it clear that I am a patron? Yeah, I I think I got it. (laughs) Yeah. I am a patron of the Affectionados. No one else, just to be clear. She's a patron of the arts. Oh, because you're saying you're saying that no you're not a patron of anybody else. Not that (laughs) you're the only patron of the Affectionados, correct? (laughs) Well, yeah, but also I am the most important patron. (laughs) Oh, okay. I gave myself that title. Uh, I'll, I'll oh, okay. She needs it. Okay. She's, a, she's the VIP. Let me call my mom. <laughs> yeah, I'll call my mom too. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Uh, Casey's more important than you are. <laughs> she's, my mom's gonna be like, guess I'll take away my $15 every month. Oh. I don't want to take away that title from Denise. That's okay. I feel like everybody is a very important patron. It's true. Every patron matters. This is true. This is true. You're all VIPs. All right. Uh, okay. 
final storyline. This is the end. Okay, here we go. Will wakes up in the hospital and gets to see his family and friends. Everyone was waiting there for news. Hopper gets into a car with some sketchy people. One month later, the boys are all playing D&D in Mike's basement again. Jonathan comes to pick up Will and Mike mopes about Eleven being gone. Nancy stops the buyer's boys before they leave to give Jonathan a present and also a new camera. Please appreciate my joke. Please wow. appreciate my joke. Wow. Did, you get it? Did you get it? Wait. Thank you. That went over my head. <laughs> it's a pre- It's a. She's giving him a present and also a camera. Okay. Yep. Because she kisses. You got it? Is. Yep. Okay. <laughs> she means the kiss. It's from both her and Steve, who she is still dating. I get it. He's handsome. Hopper leaves his own Christmas party to leave food and Eggos in the forest for Eleven. At the buyer's Christmas, Will throws up some slug thing and he flits into the upside down. So it's not over! You know that because we've already seen season two. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, yeah, spoiler alert, we've already seen it. So what do you guys think is going to happen next? (laughs) Oh man! Oh man, Um, I hope there's more Steve. I have great news for you. I have great news for you, buddy. (laughs) Yay! I hope Steve um, ends up getting like a kind of weird relationship with Dustin that ends up being really wholesome and brotherly and uh, that's what I hope but I know that that's really far-fetched. Yeah that's really unrealistic (laughs) to expect. So I love that Will is in the hospital bed remembering people. I mean of course he would remember them but I guess what I'm trying to parallel it to is in season two when he's in the hospital Mm -hmm. bed and he's not remembering people. So it's just nice to have him wake up and he does remember people. (laughs) That's nice. That's nice when you wake up and you remember everyone. I love that literally everyone is like waiting there even like, steve yeah. even ted yeah. even ted ted's, ted's, ted's like I'm, there yeah ted's like i'm only here because <laughs> i have to be here. something about the way steve is sitting cracked me up when we were watching it because he kind of just looks like he's somewhere else yeah like his, his mind is about a billion miles away probably because he just understood that aliens exist yeah so that makes sense yeah that's fair he's valid And one of the things that I had been saying during the season was that even though we don't see a lot of Will, we get really um, visceral pieces of Will throughout the season. Like when we see Castle Byers and it says, all friends welcome instead of no girls allowed. When he says, when he like tells Mike that the Demogorgon got him and everything. So we get pieces of Will. And one of the best ones is in this scene when Will is, after all of his ordeal, worried about Jonathan's hand. I love that soft boy. Yeah. And then... And that carries over to season two when he, when Will and Mike are talking and like, Will just very like, because he trusts Mike, he opens up to him and really like describes how he's feeling and talks about like that he's scared and he doesn't understand and he needs, he goes like for advice. And I think that's, it was established so well in season one that when you see him being so emotionally open in season two, you're like, oh yeah, 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 this makes sense. Mm -hmm. This kid's soft. I love him. I know that we've already talked about how much we love Noah, but like, he was like, perfectly cast yeah, in that role. Perfectly. Yeah. Like, even though we don't get to see him very often, he is so, so, so talented, but, like, ultimately what they wanted when they casted him was they wanted a kid who looked good and nice and innocent. Yeah. And they got that with him. And then they also accidentally got, like, a yeah. future Oscar winner. Yes. <laughs> and, like, it's yeah. incredible because he, because he has had so few scenes so far, but he has put so much power and emotion into all of them that you immediately love Will, even though he's been in like barely in the season, you know? Yep. Right. Yeah. So like if Joyce's son was freaking Troy, you'd be like, I don't want you to find this snot nosed <laughs> jerk. Lol. <laughs> you know, I hope he pees his pants into eternity. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the worst eternity ever. So bad. It's hell, except you just pee your pants over and over. No. <laughs> yeah. 
But like I said, Steve does even come to the hospital, and he's not even sitting next to Nancy. He's just a good boy. He's sitting there dissociating. He just needs to know what's going on. Um, but they all go in, and they tell Will what he missed, and he's like, what? 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 <laughs> and then, like, all of this garbage is happening. They're like, and we found this girl. She had magic powers. It was crazy. We defeated a monster. Oh, also, that girl cried at your funeral. And he's like, no way! <laughs> I feel like he's had the most insane adventure, and they've somehow had an even more insane adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sam. Yes. As the Star War uh, expert, can you tell us why um, Eleven is perfectly described as Yoda? She doesn't talk a lot um she only says what is necessary and yoda is uh, a creature of few words i believe and also also yeah. i feel like she's not like Ooh. yoda i'm i no i mm, no sorry okay sorry i just totally interrupted this just threw me for a loop it's okay i okay. really want to hear what your you your thoughts are and my only other thing i was gonna say is that she can move things with her mind like a jedi so oh that's right uh but casey what are your thoughts Hmm. Well, now I don't know. I was gonna be like, yeah, plus the whole telekinesis thing, babe. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, it wasn't me, it was Mike. Mike, isn't it, wasn't it Mike? No. Yeah. It was Mike who said she was Yoda. Anyway. So why don't you think she's hmm. Yoda, Casey? I just feel like, mmm, maybe, mmm, well, <sighs> doesn't, don't, don't they call her something else and then he says she's like Yoda? Let me. I'm, I'm just torn. I don't feel like she's not like Yoda, but I feel like she's more like... So what they say is they say she's basically a wizard, she has superpowers, and then I think Mike says more like a Yoda. Yeah, I think it's... Maybe, like, he's just mm-hmm, doing that to mm-hmm. describe her, I guess? I guess that's more telekinesis. I think that's... Pri- I think it's primarily the telekinesis, because mm-hmm. Yoda can move entire things with his mind, and so can she. And it's yeah. not like he's saying she is just like Yoda. He's, like, trying to explain her powers right. by using Yoda, I yes. think. Yeah. I think that's accurate. And Empire wasn't out yet, right? Like, had Luke lifted the X-Wing with his mind? Whoa. Actually, well, I feel like you discussed this earlier in the season. I feel like, yes. Yo- Yoda isn't in, isn't in episode one. Yeah, that's why I said Empire. Or isn't in, isn't in episode four. So I'm saying, like, Empire would have had to been out, period, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for them to know who Yoda was. You right. Gotcha. You right. Mm-hmm. Why is Nancy mm-hmm. also in the hotel, in the hospital room? I mean, why are you asking good questions? That I seems like, annoying. I was like, he's not your friend. Like you help. I mean, maybe kind she of. just got up with 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 Mike, Mike. and like walked in. Yeah. With them. And then sure. Yeah. She had to have a weird realization and or something. I don't know. Right, and yet she still dates. Continues to date Steve. I don't, it is so puzzling. So, okay. Hopper gets in the car with government people. Womp, womp. What is the payoff of this in season two? That they're... Does that give Hopper... See, no one knows! in to have them, like... With, like, the guy who was an alien? No. What? No, 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 no. Like, the guy, the guy who's <laughs> no, the doctor? No, I, I think it's, like, it gives them an in with that guy, yes, so that they can take Will somewhere that people will understand what's wrong with him. Gotcha. gotcha. But also, I don't know... Okay. Yeah, I mean, we can... What the point of that was. Yeah. Outside of that. Yeah, we can, like, guess, but I feel like that maybe needed to be more clear Agreed. in season two, because obviously they were using this to be like, ooh, like, what's gonna happen? Ooh, something spoopy's happening. But then we didn't really get anything yeah. in season two. So we were like, oh, okay, so nothing happened? But but crazy things were happening in season two anyway, so I didn't really yeah. care. Mm-hmm. 
at the time, but looking back on it, I'm like, what? But it's, like, implied that Hopper is, like, doing something shady. Yes. But he's not, thank goodness. <laughs> so. I guess, yeah. Uh, so one month later, it is Christmas. I, I can't believe it's, like, legit, it seems like it's, like, legit Christmas Eve, and yet they still were like, I'm gonna spend ten hours at Mike's house. <laughs> and I like, mean, okay. yeah. It's Christmas break, like, why not? Yeah, True. Um, okay, so I want to read you this um, fun fact that I found all about this scene here. I wonder if it's the same as the note I wrote. <laughs> Maybe. When the boys are questioning Mike after the final Dungeons & Dragons game, they are subtly referencing the series itself, addressing unanswered questions that will potentially be resolved in the following season. They question the weird flowers in the cave, which parallels the large egg slash pod Hopper discovers in the Upside Down. The Proud Princess is a reference to Eleven and her unexplained disappearance. The Lost Stranger most likely refers to Hopper, searching for peace slash redemption after his daughter's death. The boys even complain that the game was too short, despite it lasting ten hours, a nod to the season only getting eight episode, the eight-episode treatment instead of the standard thirteen. There are also a few hints given for the upcoming season, much in the way of the game at the beginning of season one foreshadowed the events to follow. The most obvious is, in the game, the boys defeat a Thessal Hydra, a deadly and incredible powerful, incredibly powerful seven-headed monster, which is strikingly similar to the giant spider-like creature from the Upside Down that towers over the town in the second season. Yes, that is uh, basically the note I wrote, just more detailed. Yeah, that's like every thought yeah. I've ever had. Yeah. yeah, I definitely wrote that this last game is definitely a metaphor for the whole season, so... Yeah, which I love. Yeah. So they defeat the Thessal Hydra. Shout out. Mike fully has not cleaned up ele- where Eleven was sleeping. <laughs> yeah, he just like leaves it. And he leaves it all into season two, too, because he sits in there and like tries to call her on the radio. Well, yeah. it's like, it's, um, My it's man. like when your kid moves out and you can't like bring yourself to change their room. Mm-hmm. Like you keep. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's fair. You leave it that way, hoping they'll come back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or if you're my mom, you're like, um, can you please clean your crap up before you go home? <laughs> and then I don't. And then I don't. So, present for Jonathan includes a kiss on the cheek. Congrats. Um, Will is like, like, Will is standing right there. Is he not like, what's going on here? <laughs> what's up? Uh, what's all this now? Will is just the eyeball emoji. <laughs> yep. She says that it's not really a present. And it's not really, it's a replacement for what yeah. they broke before. Can you Although, replace Nancy's dignity then? Right? Because <laughs> you kind of <laughs> took it. Oh. Yeah. You jerk. Yeah, you kind of deserved us breaking it, to be honest, but here it is. Um, and of course, it's always also from Steve, who is wearing a dope I just, sweater. I just wanted this to, like, mean that the three of them were going to be, like, friends with each other. And then it it didn't work yeah. out that way, did it? Yeah. I mean, it seems like Steve is, like, like when Nancy hangs out with Jonathan, Steve is, like, also there. But, like, every time that Jonathan is there, Steve is like, hey, Nancy, make out, make out, make out. So it's, like, it's very clear that Steve is just like, hey, Nancy, also, hey, Jonathan, look it, I'm still kissing this mm. girl you have a crush on. And, and it's, point. it's not, I don't think Steve is doing that even intentionally, like... Like, it's a very cute moment at the beginning of season well, two. Well, she's his girlfriend, so... Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And, and Jonathan just happens to be there all the time. But, like, it's a very cute moment in season two at the beginning when he, like, sees her and he's like, hey, I missed you. And she says, it's only been an hour. And he says, tell me about it. It's <laughs> so cute. It's cute. It's cute. So, yeah, but um, one thing that I do love about this is that Steve is no longer a secret. Like, Steve was a major secret in Nancy's life. Yeah. And now he's, like, there Over with for her Christmas. family. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Which uh, is another reason as to why we know that Steve's family life is not very good, that he's there for Christmas. He's not with his family for Christmas. Oh, that makes me sad. So I want more of Steve's family. Yes. Yeah. Oh, 
please, season three, please. Yeah. I want answers. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten very little about them. So Hopper is at his Christmas party, um, and, and Hopper just continues to make your wife jokes. They're like your mom jokes, but they're just always about Callahan's wife. <laughs> He's just, just such a cheese ball. <laughs> and of course, we see Flo continuing to look out for Hopper, mm-hmm. which is nice. We love Flo. He's leaving. Ego's out there. So, of course, she's still out there. They gonna get soggy, though. Yeah. Like, obviously, mm. he put them in plastic. So, it's not gonna get soggy because of the snow. It's gonna get soggy because you toast them and then put them in... <laughs> Ew. <laughs> then you put them, them in plastic wrap. So, they're gonna get... They're gonna con- have condensation and get soggy. Hopper, clearly you're not a chef. <laughs> <laughs> because a chef cooks with Eggos. Yeah, I mean, that is her, like, gold standard, so. Yes, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, I will take it. Yeah. Um, so in the <laughs> last. You're not a chef. <laughs> so in the last scene, we get to see that the dog is still alive. Thank God. Where'd that dog go, though? We don't know where he was hiding, I guess, because yikes, there was a lot of scary stuff happening. I continually forget that they have a dog. So every time the dog shows up, I'm like, when did they get a right? dog? Right, they have a dog. And, like, the dog has been there the whole time, but I <laughs> exactly. keep forgetting that it's there. So every time it does show up, I'm like, what? Who? I'm like, where'd that dog come from? The dog fully was just not present at all in season two. And everyone was like, hey, what happened to the dog? And I think, I think, I can't remember if it was David Harbour or Noah Schnapp who said, like, oh, the dog died. <gasps> and we're like, thanks. Um, we didn't, when? What? And then, like, whoever said that, the other person said that we would find out about that. They would talk about it in season three. I doubt it. I know that David and Noah both made those statements. I just don't remember who made which one. (laughs) Wait, but did the dog ever even have a name? Yeah, his name was Chester. Thank you. Uh, So, yeah, either way, he's still alive right now. I won't see him again. R.I.P. Chester. Chester deserved a Vincent story. Yeah, so everyone's true. like, everyone's like, justice for Barb, justice for Bob, justice, justice for, for Muse, <laughs> justice for Chess. Hey, wait, justice for Muse too. Yeah, yeah justice for Muse yeah. as well, for sure. That one's warranted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not you, Barb. <laughs> Not you, Barb. <laughs> well, kind of. I'm sick of the Barb oh, thing. I know. It was funny when it first came out, but it's like, it's no one's fault. Yeah. But when you really meme something to death, it really kills it, you know? Yeah. And so I'm sick of Barb. I just want to give a... Shout out to Joyce, who cooked this whole Christmas dinner all by herself. And when Jonathan tells her that she did a good job, she's, like, telling, talking about, like, all of the things that went wrong with it. And it's, like, it's okay. You did right? this and it's good and your family appreciates you. Which is all a single mom wants to hear. Yeah. She's doing such a good job. But Will gets up and he, like, gets there and he's, like, not feeling well. And so they're, like, where are you going? And he's, like, I'm going to wash my hands. And they're, like, that's weird. So I guess he doesn't usually wash his hands. (laughs) They're, like, um, you're a prepubescent teenage boy. What are you doing being clean? Yeah. But he just needs to puke. Why, why Why are you puking in the sink, dude? Listen, what a great question. The toilet is right there. Yeah, Just break right the toilet, please. Because visually, that would not be as interesting as watching a slug fall into a toilet bowl. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you'd have to flush it. Yeah, it just like derping down the the drain. Yeah, no one wants to watch that. No. Yeah. Do you want to hear a funny drunk story of Casey? Yeah, yeah. Well, this one time I was outside, um, <laughs> and I was um slightly intoxicated, and uh, what was of age to be clear? Okay. Um. Okay. Which in the United States is 21, which is stupid. But I digress. Um, so I was outside and I uh, really needed to uh, 
disperse of the contents in my stomach. And mm-hmm, sure, I mm-hmm. was not going to make it to a bathroom inside. Um, so the next best thing I could think of was uh, to dump those contents onto a tree. Because <laughs> not only was I like, eh, I don't have a toilet. But I was like, maybe I'll fertilize it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was about to make yeah. a fertilizer joke, too. But it would be like just spitting poison on a tree. I am so proud of you. But, um... You really thought that, huh? I did. I was like, you know, my options are scarce. And hey, this tree could use some nutrients. <laughs> I, uh, what nutrients do you think your stu- stomach acid has to contribute? Brittany, <laughs> I was not in the right headspace. That's fair. Okay, That's, okay, mom. All right. Okay, okay, okay. I thought it was a really intellectual decision considering. She tried. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that those are all my notes. Do you guys have any more? I just... Wanted to say, thank God they fixed Joyce's hair in season two. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it was tragic. It's like, it's dangerously close to being a mullet this season. Like, yeah, in season it's just one. really mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. It really toes the line. Yeah. Okay. And uh, also, I really hope that Will got an Atari. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it's time for segments. My segment is called Good Guy Steve Alert. So uh, Steve goes to apologize to Jonathan. Good guy Steve alert. That's, that's a good thing. And then he helped save everybody's lives in the he whole world. He comes back to help. Good guy Steve alert. Good guy Steve alert. He helps pay for Jonathan's replacement camera. Good guy Steve alert. He waits at the hospital for Will. Good guy Steve alert. <laughs> I didn't realize that this was going to be a whole bit. I'm so sorry for interrupting <laughs> it earlier. That's okay. It's over now. Anyway, I liked good it. Good guy Steve. Your I liked it. Brittany. I would. And my segment is which MILF was the most. What? You didn't finish your sentence. I know. <laughs> <laughs> when have you known me to ever make sense or finish this sentence in my life? <laughs> and my segment is which MILF was the most badass? Uh, Joyce, obviously. Come on, Joy. Man. Yeah, It's always Joyce. Sometimes she's unopposed. Sometimes still... she's unopposed. Sometimes Karen gives her a run for her money. Yeah. But either way, she always deserves it. Yeah. yeah. Sam? Uh, I've made up a segment just today called Did Joyce and Hopper Acknowledge Their Obvious History? And I don't think they did, but they acknowledge their obvious chemistry. So, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Season two is when they really, like... Like, they ramp it up. Acknowledge their obvious history. Yeah. They ramp up the history in season two, and that's great. But she's with Bob, who is also great. But now Mm -hmm. she's single in season three, and I just... um, Please make it canon. Rip Bob. Rip Bob. Please. Please. David Harbour is literally begging right. to make it like, canon. Like, don't do it for us. Do it for David. Like, it's I true. It's so funny. There's, like, um, you guys watch, like, Beyond Stranger Things, the bonus feature, basically? basically I don't, but you made? do. Okay, well, they made this thing called Beyond Stranger Things, and they had this... Uh, David Harbour wasn't on it, but they had, like, this clip from him where they were, like, he wants... Because they were talking about ships or something, and then they were, like, David Harbour is coming in to talk about it. And he's, like, yeah, um, they on the internet, they call it the Jopper or something like that. I'm, like, don't pretend Yeah, you don't know. Don't pretend that you haven't had, like, our friend Nicole's fan art yeah. of Jopper as your header for, like, two years now. Yeah. It's still... You're a liar, and I don't like you. It's still his header. Like, sir. It's still sir. his header. Yeah. Like, Nicole's art has been his header for, like, two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, oh. David Harbour, we see you, and we support you. Yeah, you're valid. <laughs> uh, Casey, do you have one? Uh, yes, my segment <laughs> is called... Oh, you know what? My segment is called freaking 
Lucas appreci- a- appreciation appreciation Good. um when when they're all in the gym together and they're like talking and stuff and Lucas says that keeping L is the safe is the most important thing oh. in that moment I was like Appreciate this man. Yes. He's a good boy. That's a good segment. Lucas is such a good. I think Lucas is so underrated, and um, and he has like that sucks. Such a good like his relationship with her develops in such a great way because like he's the most skeptical of her at first, mm-hmm. and like here we are by the finale, and he's like he's saying that protecting her is the most important important thing, and I just really love yep. that evolution between the two of them. Agreed. Yes. He's so smart and so mature and so... And, like, he's ready to defend everybody with his wrist rocket. Yes. <sighs> now it's time for Best Line Award. My Best Line Award goes to Steve for... Steve screams random things. <laughs> get out of here. What is... Listen to me, I'm not what asking you. I'm what telling you. Get out of here. Steve, get out. Wait, 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 what? What is going on? You have five seconds whoa, whoa, to get what? out of here. Okay, this is a joke. Stop. Put, put the I'm gun doing down. This for you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, is, what is it? Nancy. Three. No, 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 Nancy. no, 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 no. Nancy! Lights. It's here. Wait, what's here? Where is it? Where is what? Whoa! Be easy with that. Where is it? I don't know. I don't see it. Where is what? Hello? Someone explain to me what the hell is going on? And mine goes to Lucas for eat shit. No. You want her? You have to kill us first. That's right. Eat shit! Same. I like that energy. Let's keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> and mine goes to Hopper for... Here's what's gonna happen. You gonna let me and Joyce Byers go. You gonna give us anything we need. And we're gonna find her son. And then we're gonna forget that any of this ever happened. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, like I forgot that, that you picked that one out. Oh, I love it. I love it. My job reveals. And mine goes to uh, Dustin for... Mike! I found a chocolate pudding! Okay! <laughs> he's, such a, he's such an icon. We love a chocolate pudding stan. The fact that, like, he called out the lunch lady for hiding chocolate pudding from him, I'm like, that's my child. And, like, <laughs> and, like he'd been new and he found it. Like, it's what he deserves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He deserves to get mm-hmm. all of that chocolate pudding now. Yeah. I feel like every time we do one of these episodes, it, it always goes to, like, Dustin twice, or, like, Hopper twice, or Steve twice. I just want to give a shout out. Oh, actually, sometimes Mike twice. But, like, this episode, we had four different favorite line awards from four different characters, and that's a great finale. Oh, love awesome. that. I love that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's in the description, perpetually open. And you can uh, fill it out. We would love to hear from you. In fact, I literally just got an email that told me that somebody filled out our survey. Nice. And I want to go look at it as soon as we're done here. <laughs> if you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. We covered the first three seasons. And, um, yeah, we weirdly enjoy it. And also we do the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on that beat. Yes, and if you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. We are currently in the middle of season three. No. No. What am I talking about? Nope. We are (laughs) currently... I I am a fan of The 100 and they are currently in the middle of season six. (laughs) And it's a good season so far. Mm -hmm. We're kind of in shock. It's a great season so far. So Mm -hmm. check that out. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. (laughs) I think Casey's a fan of Lost. Same. Yeah. 
we're in the middle of season two. We're making our way to the back end of season two right now. So come join us. They're long seasons and we have guests over there, so. Oh my god, they just got to the best episode with the best introduction (laughs) of the best character. Thank you. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly Twitter. I make gifts on our Tumblr, though, so please support me over there. And I've been posting on our Instagram story, so check it out. Oh, I actually forgot to do that. This time. <laughs> I have do it bought right Redbubble stickers, and they're great. I have an Aficionado sticker on my headphones. Great. Thanks. I used to. Oh, I should put that back. <laughs> our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it because um, all of the hosting of the five podcasts is what I might call expensive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Apertania, which is B-R-I-T-D-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yay! We love having you. Thanks for having us. Sam, will you um, tell everyone where we can find you on the internet? Yes, you can find me at uh, Sam Casey C. That's S A M C A S E Y C on Twitter and Instagram. That's part of my name. I, we, every time Robin was like, "We're having Sam and Casey on the pod," I would giggle <laughs> <laughs> because I'd be like, "Ha!" Casey we is my middle name, if that's not clear. So um, we are we are bonded by that, and it's beautiful. Wow, mm-hmm. I was. Named after my mom's middle name. Oh, that's so that's soft. So nice. I was named after my dad's middle name. That's Why actually didn't you know that. Yeah, literally. Wait, that's so cute. Yeah. Your dad's middle name is Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Dad joke alert. Dad joke alert. <laughs> Wait. No, I'm trying to make Wait, Casey, no. <laughs> Casey. Robin said I was named after my dad's middle name. So what's her dad's middle name? <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> well, I thought she said you were named after my dad. <laughs> okay, I was like, what? It's like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my god. I'm crying. So, Casey, will you tell us where we can find you on the internet? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pee my pants. Uh, you can find me um, on Twitter and some other places at Casey Wall. That's C A S E Y W A H L. Yeah, I'm just as dumb on the internet. <laughs> it's true. Oh, thank God. So the oh wait, and also hit me up on LinkedIn. <laughs> you think she's joking, but she's not. She's absolutely not. Guys, I love LinkedIn so She much. has a very quality curated feed on LinkedIn. Please follow her. <laughs> yes, I do. So the next episode of Stranger Things that we will be doing is episode 201. It's called Mad Max. Um, and I love it, and I'm very excited to talk about it. But before then, I mean, not before then on this feed, but before then in our lives. Enjoy yes! season three! Woo-woo! Oh yes! my gosh, I'm so excited. But um, by the way, season two, our season two podcast will include spoilers for season three. So you're definitely wanna gonna watch gonna wanna watch season three <laughs> before you listen to our <laughs> season two podcast. Thank you! Yay, thank y'all. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.